so my my office this week has been weirdly obsessed with um kids bop because i uh-huh. work with monsters and i how familiar are you with kids bop um i'm relatively familiar what about you henry um I, well some of my nieces and nephews are pretty young and they're young enough to have watched that when they were younger and so yeah i i am familiar with it i've seen it so i know what it is <laughs> so I think I always knew this, but never actively knew this, but they go and, like, rewrite certain songs that have, like, no right to be sung by kids, because at one point they got in a lot of trouble for having kids sing some songs that maybe probably definitely should have been sung by kids, and I, I guess the most infamous of them is the song Anaconda by Nicki Minaj, which the version wow. they came... What? Yeah... So, as best I can tell, like, and they've done a really good job of scrubbing this off the internet. Like, try finding it. It's kind of hard. But what you do find are a bunch of people that have gone through and printed out the lyrics that they came up with and basically recorded themselves doing dramatic readings of it. And it is some of the most disturbing-ass shit you've ever seen a YouTuber post. Like, as someone who's a big fan of metal spoken word, I watched this and I'm like, you had kids sing this. That's that's just wrong. Like, I it, it yeah. I feel like this crosses that line of like. Do you remember that Usher on YouTube? No, but that sounds kind of in the same line of this. Yeah. So there was a music producer who would basically produce, shoot, and put out kids' music videos. One of the most famous music videos was Friday by Rebecca Black. If you remember that. Sure. He was the, the dude who did the rap after she sang for a bit. They called him Fat Usher. Oh. So he went on to make several music videos featuring really? kids as the singers. What? And then there was one that was really creepy because it's this like 12 prepubescent like teenage girls singing about going up in the club and wearing really like scandally clad outfits. And it was just disturbing. Wow, and that's that's so much more information about that song and that video than I ever wanted to know. It, like, horrible information. Like, Rebecca Black was relatively tame, and it was kind of yeah. became a social staple. But he, if you ever look up his, I think he deleted his videos. But yeah, he had videos where, like, that one girl sang that video. And it was just kind of awkward because he seems to always be in these videos with these girls. It was really creepy. I feel like he might be the mastermind behind kids. Uh, was it? What is it called? Kids Bop. Kid, kids Bop. I feel like he he's he's either the mastermind or he's a result of like normalizing that kind of thing, which is just so creepy. So I I have the lyrics in front of me, and I I think I have the first the literally the first three lines of this paint an accurate picture of exactly how much effort was put into this and how they uh-huh. maybe made this a little bit worse. Mm-hmm. I read off quickly. My anaconda don't. My anaconda don't. My anaconda don't eat people because that's not fun. Golden lyrics, boys. <laughs> wow. Fire. Fire. You know what? This is almost uh, worth uh, a read. In my head canon, this is a theme, the new theme for the movie Anaconda, if you remember that. Well, that's. Ago. In my mind, that will always be educational Anaconda, which is someone redid the Nicki Minaj song, but with just facts about the snake. And that was actually fun. Wow. I don't even know what to say to that one. It's good. I've said it to you in the past. I know I have. 
said what these lyrics oh not these lyrics no <laughs> the the good version of this i let's pull another quick excerpt excerpt it's going down a couple lines no i'm not reading this is creepy never mind <laughs> uh, see this is just spiraling down a creepy path uh, this is like when they rewrote fucking TikTok by what's that kesha where it's like no no the strong the song is still obviously about getting fucking hammered but you just re- removed all the references to hammer which makes you feel like you're lying to people now it's like oh no 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 i didn't get blackout drunk but i was just out you know yeah uh. Now this is just a whole weird, like weird, like quirky, scary angle to all this. Yep, now. this freaks me out. Uh, it should. I can't. I can't put up with kids pop anymore. You shouldn't. You should never put up with kids pop. Nobody uh, should. That's that's why it's been banned in eighteen countries. And, uh, I don't think that's true, but I really want it to be. I want some guy like at the Canadian border get pulled over, sir. We found some kids pop CDs in the back of your car. And that's not something we allow up here. Yeah, I, I can totally imagine that's like, yeah. So we 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 searched your car. We didn't find any drugs, but we found kids' bop. And sir, we're trying to have a respectable country up here. Yeah, and you know we looked at your records, and and you don't have any kids. You can bring all the meth you want into this country, but kids' bop, sir. That's where we draw the line. Uh, I I feel dirty now. This is not how I wanted to feel after doing the twenty five hours. God damn it! I just got done doing like a kids charity stream, and now we're sitting here discussing the creepiness of kids Bob. Welcome. It's a, it's all thematic. This is oh oh. For no. the children, Alex. For the children. No, don't you dare taint this for me. No, no, stop it. You came to the wrong podcast, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I walked away. Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 127. Yeah, I'm done with this bit. We try and make something funny up about 127 every week. It's done. I'm bored of it. Uh, Alex, no, you got to no, keep this no. one going. Yeah, yeah, I am. Because right now it's the only tradition I have with Jeff being gone. It's just, yeah. And I can't make my dumb jokes anymore. Alex, it's time to move the fuck on. <laughs> Jeff's no, no longer with us. You said it yourself. He's not dead, but he's not here anymore. <laughs> we have someone new on the podcast. I'm afraid of change, but I, 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 will, I will give this new person a shot. Yes, at 127 episodes, we're adding back a third person, maybe, sort of. We'll see how it goes. But yes, as always, I'm Charlie, he's Alex, and our new person is Henry. Henry, introduce yourself. Hello, hello, I am Henry, and yes, I am brand new to this podcast. I am a game dev, and I teach about video games, and that's what I do, and maybe that's why I'm here. You may also remember him from Blood Drunk. You hired a ringer? This guy's deeper in the industry than anyone else here? Fucking yeah. That is brilliant. Now we have something of a legitimacy now. Oh, please. We're only making him less legitimate by having him here. This is true. It's just a matter of whether you pull us up harder than we pull you down at this point. So He, he does wrestle, welcome. so he might be able to lift us a little bit. Uh, ah, so that was going to cover my next question. Do you even lift, bro? But I guess he's already got that covered. 
Yes. He loves loves fucking people. (laughs) But yes, uh, what, episode 127? Yeah. I feel like this podcast is one of those uh, bits where you're falling, you're going, ah, and then you stop and take a deep breath, and you continue screaming. That's what 127 feels like for a podcast. You would assume there'd be a bottom eventually, yeah. You would assume, but no, if you have time to take a deep breath and continue screaming, we can only go, (laughs) there's way more down to go. Here we are. Uh. <laughs> yes, welcome. Another episode of the podcast. Uh, it's mm-hmm. I, I'm actively excited for this week. It's been a weird ass week. Oh, I. You know what? I let me show you. Let, show us on an audio. <laughs> there we go. Right, you've been up yep. for like 26 hours. Uh huh. I've been up for a while doing a podcast, and you know, or sorry, not podcast, doing a, a stream for Extra Life. And you know why I'm not asleep right now? This podcast? Why I'm not? No. I was going to sleep. But then I was watching BlizzCon. And oh my god. Has the dumpster fire never empowered me more than this past weekend? I'm going to power through this fucker. And boy, am I going to have things so to say we about our, this so fucking so weekend. We do have a format we try to adhere to a little bit. Shall we? <laughs> Let's not get too ahead of ourselves for a change. Oh no. Uh, so, Andrew, have you been playing anything lately you want to talk about? For me, yeah. So, I actually had... Alright, so, over the weekend, over the last weekend, I was at Pacific Media Expo. Okay. I was at I was at the smallest con of the com- weekend of competing cons. How yeah. many conventions are, were going on this past weekend? Well, as far as major ones, there's the LA Comic Con, which that's the bigger one. And then there's a TwitchCon going on up in San Francisco area, Bay Area. And so I was at the small one. I was at the anime one. And while I was there, I, well, I got to play a game. Maybe we can talk about it later on. But I played I talk Lethal about it now League. if you want. Yeah. You can. yeah, I played Lethal League Blaze Woo! for the first time. Oh, there's a new Lethal League? That's out, I think, right? Like, it's, it's on well, Lethal yeah. League literally yeah. came out like a week and a half ago. So, I mean, that's how new it is. Yeah, it's, it's. It's basically Lethal League, but with health bars now, right? Yes. That, that was a change that they mentioned to me. See, yeah. I didn't play the first one, so my introduction is this is this second one. Yeah, Lethal huh. League is cool. Uh, you want to summarize what Lethal League is for those not familiar with it? Um, It's like squash for people who hate each other. Yeah, it's a squash. Alright, so, alright, so... It's basically you hit a ball around. You can't actually. It's a fighting game, but you don't actually punch or kick each other. You hit a ball, and the ball has to hit them. And so, as you keep going along, the ball. Every time you hit the ball, it gets faster. Some things make it even faster. So eventually, the ball gets going super fast, and it gets harder and harder to sort of deflect or catch it. And yeah. You have a certain number of lies, each with a certain amount of health, and that's the sort of simplistic rules, but from that, there's just so much strategy. The game's pretty fast. Yeah, I've heard people liken it in the past, at least the original Lethal League. I'm not sure quite how the new one... It, it's not... The two aren't super different, from my understanding. There's some major changes to the new one, but it's not. it's still fundamentally the same. Like It's a lot like uh, Windjammers, and uh, there's some like... It, I think murder pong is a phrase people have used to describe in the past. It's a really cool game, and it's it's kind of a fighting game because each character has its own set of like movements and grabs and stuff like that. Like it's, 
I've only played it a handful of times, but I've super dug the game in the past when I've played it. I, I've not played Blaze yet, so I've actually been to pick that one up because Lethal League. Lethal League is yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's a bit more, I'd say, like Super Dodgeball. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, there's no points with just going up and hitting people. It's only by hitting the ball into them. Yeah. And I have to say, it seems like with the life meter now, that changes things pretty drastically. Yeah, because it used to be one hit, one kill, I think, essentially, if I remember correctly. Like, it was best of three? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so now it is. there is a life meter, and the thing is, your life meter will flash if the ball is going fast enough to take you out in one hit. Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize it was like a... I did not realize it was the kind of powered up mechanic at that way. That makes a lot more sense. Yes, and so now this the initial hits may or may not you know do a whole lot of damage mm. but if you see your life meter flashing that means if you get hit that's it that's the life's done huh that's actually that's yeah. actually a really apt description when you say uh was it murder dodgeball or whatever cuz yeah if you have <laughs> a health bar and eventually it's just going to show yeah no this is going to fucking kill you that's perfect i like that power shot yeah I, I guess like to fill in some other blanks. It's got a real cool art style too. It's got that like Jet Set Radio future cell shadedness. It's a it's a really cool game. I wish it picked up more than it did the first time around. The music is also really good. Oh, the yeah. Music is excellent. Absolutely yeah. excellent. They they they've had a phenomenal soundtrack for this time. Yeah, I know it, it's very um yeah. I think Jet Set Radio was was the word used or yeah. phrase. Yeah, very much has that style. It's really kind of catchy and uppity. No, it's it's a le- it's a legit fun game. It's one of those like under underrated, really cool game online that you can get on Steam. Yeah. So if you haven't, I personally recommend it. I've had a lot of fun playing it, and I think it supports four players, right? It does. Yeah, so you could do like free for all or two v two and stuff like that. So that's neat. Yeah. Yeah, I- it does. It does support online play. I actually tried going online the other day, and uh, there's people playing it online right now. I don't know how big the community is, but it's possible to get in the game. It had a real devote following on the original, so it doesn't surprise me they made the jump over. And I have like everything I've heard about the new one is it's designed to be a little bit more, what's the right word, like general friendly. Not that the first game's hard to pick up, but like it's it's more familiar in a way that makes more sense to people. Like it's 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 more of a Traditional fighting game seems wrong to call it that, but like, like the health bar is a big thing where it's no longer kind of one shot, one kill. It's now no, no. You, you, it's like you you understand the danger in a more real sense, and that was the goal of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It still looks cool though. I I keep meaning to pick it up. I I love the original one. Yeah, I'll have to check out the the new one. Do you know if they have any kind of post launch support plans for any more characters or anything like that? They mentioned the possibilities of that, okay. but yeah, I'd say that's that's probably a while in coming because balancing characters in a fighting game, I do not envy the people who have to do that sort of tweaking. Yeah. That's yeah, it's just especially in a fighting game as bizarre as this one. I mean, even and with and they've already created players that are play very, very differently from each other. The yeah. characters all are very, very distinct. My favorite was mm. that gator. Yeah, he can teleport. Yep. The gator can teleport? I thought he could just swallow the ball and then Or no, no, that's right. He's the one who can 
swallowed ball. Okay, yeah. I'm yeah. thinking the other one. Oh yeah, the uh, grid. Okay, which one's the teleporty one then? Yeah, that's the gator. Yeah, yeah. gator can swallow it and spit it out. Yeah, yeah. I like the sound guy because he fucks with the, the like the flow of it, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, yeah. he he was one of my favorites. The DJ guy with the speakers. Yeah, I, I I've used Jet, who sort of bubbles the ball, so that you can't hit it immediately. If you try to hit, it, you take a hit. Mm. And also, whenever the ball leaves the bubble, it travels a bit faster immediately after. You can bunt it, but you can't hit it. And so that's sort of the trick with that. And it's easy to catch people with it. You aren't always looking to bunt. Sure. But but while I was, while I was playing at the con, I actually got a lot of little tips here and there. You know, things about different characters or how to play the game. There's a lot to it. There's a lot there. There's a lot of depth. Was like a tournament there or something, or just they were showing off the game? Uh, they did a little tournament. That's cool. Did you compete or just kind of hung out and thought, thought it was cool? Um, I did compete. I, I don't know. I just didn't do that well, but yeah. I, I had a lot of fun. But I mean, there's just, unfortunately, because of the whole, the con itself being smaller than it might have been otherwise because of the competition, as well as the this particular event they did pretty late at night, and so not that many people were still there. Yeah, I, I think, I know I have some experience with PAC. I'm not sure if you do, Alex. I, they, it was uh, back when both me and Alex worked for Extra Life LA, or worked with Extra Life LA. It was always this kind of weird convention. It was so late in the year, and it was after all the other major conventions. And like this year especially, it fell on the same weekend as three or four other major things. It was always kind of this weird, like, overlooked convention of it. It could be really cool because it's not just one thing. It's kind of open to a bunch of other stuff, but it always got dwarfed by other events going on around it. Huh. It's cool they're doing video game tournaments, though. I think, like, the first year we were there, I, I went to it, which, God, was, like, three, four years ago now. It was more of like a K-pop, J-pop convention. It's still very much that. Ah, so it doesn't change that much then. Good to know. Yeah, both times I've gone, there's been some sort of a concert going on there. Oh, sure. Yeah. This time it featured the person who sang the theme to, or at least one of the... I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. A really good singer. Fair. I, mean, I actually went and watched it, but yeah. yeah but I heard that wasn't bad. Uh, it's, it's always been a cool con, but it's, it's, it's not a specific thing is my impression, so it's like it's got that flexibility of being whatever the hell it wants, which is cool. But it also makes explaining it and selling it a little bit more complicated because it's like, hey, what is it? It's a convention on Asian culture. Yeah, but which part? All of it. <laughs> like you can buy yeah. swords and K-pop under one convention roof. Thank you, base convention. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about or nah? Um, I will mention this. All right, so Halloween is my favorite holiday. Yeah. So I watched the movie Halloween. The new one? Yes. How was it? Super good, cool. and and it's good enough to where I won't spoil anything about it. Neat. And I didn't watch any previews myself, and I'd say do the same. You know, don't let anything be given away because it's that good. The pacing is amazing. The story was pretty solid. I think the actors all did fine in their roles, such as they were. And the movie itself, it just moved well. It felt well. It it was very suspenseful. 
It was extremely suspenseful. It wasn't just a movie made out of cheap thrills or, you know, just make just a bunch of jump scares. It actually was frightening. It was actually really suspenseful and chilling. That's... I've yeah, caught some of the kind one. of I've, I've caught some of the like the media lead up to that thing, and they actually like it was interesting because they weren't advertising like a normal horror movie. I'm like, okay, this is either gonna be really good, and people that like horror movies are gonna be happy, or people are gonna be real pissed. And it sounds like it went the good direction. So that, that's I like the original two Halloweens, like they fall in that category of like they're horror movies I actually can watch for whatever reason, like um Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street. That's established last week. Me and Alex are giant coward babies and don't do the horror thing. So it's good someone did something real for Halloween this year. Yeah, I don't do it so much, but I mean, if if, if absolutely, you know, if it's the thing, I'll do it. But like, yeah, I'm I'm not big on it anymore. I did grow up watching some like old school horror movies, like uh, Child's Play and Freddy Krueger. I actually like Freddy Krueger though. Like, Oh yeah. fuck, that reminds me of something. I'm not sure how <laughs> Jen found it, but she stumbled upon a YouTube channel that does like sports commentary on top of movie fight scenes. And they yes. do and they do a fantastic for I so that that Freddy vs. Jason abomination movie that came out, God, like two thousand twelve or something. I, I actually like that movie quite a bit. I do too, but I'm not sure I'd call it a good movie. Oh, it's a great movie. It's a lot of fun, but it's a bad movie. <laughs> Oh, it's a, it's a, but it has an amazing fight. I mean, it's, it delivers on what the title is. Actually, yeah, you actually see them fight for a long time too. That's a long, one of the longest fights I've ever seen in a movie ever. Yeah, think about, <laughs> think about how long that fight was. Yeah, it's a fifteen-minute YouTube video. They have like, they have all three major fights in it, and they kind of like talk about them like they're a boxing match and stuff. It's really fun. And like to your point, they even drop a line. Where it's like, man, this fight's been going on forever. Like, wow, how do they have the budget for this fight to go on this long? <laughs> yeah, so that's that sounds really awesome, and that in particular, I mean, I am a big horror movie fan. I grew up on it, and I still I still watch quite a few horror movies when I get the chance. Yeah. I saw something just the other day that was pretty cool. One of my somebody I know, a director I know, made a pretty cool short for uh, Dead by Daylight. Oh, Ooh. that is actually kind of fun. And, I'm intrigued by this. Oh yeah, and it's pretty darn well done for a live action thing. And wait, yeah, they did, they did actually, live action Dead by Daylight. Yes, that's cool. That's pretty cool. It's pretty darn good. It's pretty darn good. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll have to send you a link to it. But yeah. yeah, one of my friends put it together, who's actually kind of a proper director. That's cool. A few horror movies. Neat. Yeah. <sighs> Anything else or nah? That's yeah. I think that's you know kind of you know what I really wanted to talk about. No, anyway. at least things that I thought were kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, no, that's totally fair. I yeah. This will do me next, so I have a chance to rest before news. So I, mm-hmm. uh, I'm still playing Red Dead Redemption. Is it everything you hope for and more? Yeah, I I really like that game a lot. I found some awesome weirdness. I have. Like, I, I fucking found some, like, Yeti bones up in some mountains, and I'm still trying to figure out what the hell that means. I, I'm i definitely playing that game wrong, because I think I'm, like, 20 hours in, and I just got to, like, maybe the first actual story beat. Really? 
I I now know what the actual story of this game is probably going to be, and I'm pretty fully upgraded, and I got a really good horse, and I got an outfit I like a lot and stuff, and I have fleshed out a lot of that map already, just because I've had fun kind of cruising around doing the outlaw thing in that game. I, I have run into a small problem, mm-hmm. which is that I keep having critical cutscenes in that game trigger while I'm wearing the worst hat possible, so... I got a raccoon hat, like that, like Davy Crockett raccoon hat, and you can get that in the game. It's got the raccoon face on the front, though. And I keep having serious cutscenes play out while I'm wearing that. So it's like, man, we gotta head to the border and be safe while wearing this dumbass hat. And I'm like, oh, I'm killing the plot of this game by accident. No, you're enhancing it. That's what you're doing. Don't be ashamed of what you're doing to the plot by adding your crazy hat to it. Yeah. You're just showing that, like, yeah, no, I can. I can ruin all your hard work trying to make this as serious as possible. I, I, I had a, Give me my raccoon hat. I had a beautiful scene play out where like someone came to threaten me, and it's like it's it's the major plot point of the game, and like the Pinkerton detective agency's there being like, "Yo, we're gonna kill you," and I'm just standing there defiant, in the dumbest hat possible. Like, nah, I'll take my chances. Look at my hat, motherfuckers. I will wear this <laughs> around. Nah, it's. I'm really enjoying the game. I think I have some of the issues I had with it last week. I've just gotten used to, and I stand by all the things I don't like are they're not bad game design. They're very deliberate choices. Controls mm-hmm. for combat still could be better, but also like it's no worse than Grand Theft Auto Five was, so I'm not sure how much I really can complain. Dunno. But I I I have realized something kind of cool about the game. I'm not sure how many people are actually playing or realizing this. The game is a very bizarre kind of example of the very different ideas of morality because because huh. the game, in theory, wants to reward you for being kind of the good outlaw. The game very much sets you up to be the good guy who does bad things because they have to, but like for the most part, you're good. I don't play the character that way. Like I am capable of rationalizing in that game, and as I've played the character, some pretty bad stuff. So, like There's a mission I did where I got like, you end the mission in just this giant corpse pile. Like, there's 50, 60 people just dead all around you. They're all outlaws, too, so it's like, it's fine. You killed a bunch of rival gang members, it's cool. But in my case, there were two witnesses, and without even thinking, I just shot them both in the head from, like, across the river, because it was, I don't want to deal with the law right now. Fuck this. You monster. These sandbox games, I mean, they're, they're just such a fun place to just, you know, Test the morality. You know, what's it to see? You know, to see how everything else, all the other entities in the world, kind of react to it. Because it's great, and I guess this is my question to you: like, how much do your actions affect the way you're treated in the game world? So they do, and they don't. Is the answer? So it's it's a little bit weirder because if I had not killed those two people, they were witnesses and they'd have ridden off to town and told the law and my bounty would have gone up. And at that exact point in time, I had a very large bounty in several counties because, and maybe this is the one thing I don't like about the game is, but at the same time, I think it's a good carry through of the game. It's a good kind of narrative flow. There are certain things in the game. The game will make you do that will give you a massive bounty. There is a prison break that results in you just shooting the fuck up out of a town. And it's like, and the character even says, like, we killed half a town. What the fuck kind of thing. Like, it's... The character is aware of what he did was wrong and upset about it. 
And as a result, that town, after you're done with that mission, doesn't go back to normal. It's still pretty pissed off at you, and you have like a $200 bounty in that region on your head, which makes going to that part of the area a real pain in the ass. And bounty hunters are hunting you down. And the game, yeah. and I guess like the game's internal kind of karma system also, like it's really possible to go from very bad karma to very good karma pretty quickly, especially because the game tries to steer you pretty heavily into good karma. Like, there are way too many ways to boost your kind of your outlaw karma scale that maybe I don't agree with, but again, like it's the game's trying to force you to be that kind of historical John Wayne noble outlaw where maybe it occasionally shouldn't. Like, I kind of wish the gauge wasn't there and just it was people reacting to you because this is a game where if you're like if you're covered in mud, people say you smell like shit until you go bathe and stuff like that. Like, it's there are a lot of baked in, like, you have notoriety. I saved a guy from a bear trap, and he bought me a gun later. Huh, wow. that's, that's really cool. So, but yeah, it does seem kind of unfortunate that it seems to be sort of at least steering you towards one particular path, or one, at least, type of morality. Yeah, and I think, I've, and this is where I can take a step back to examine some other moralities, too, because you're the only player character, meaning, like, you get to kind of have your own stance on things, and don't get me wrong. Like I, I'm playing Mar Arthur Morgan relatively kind of good guy-ish. I don't think I've ever used the antagonize button on random strangers. Like I've used it in bar fights. I've, so uh, along with the kind of greeting and hold-up mechanic, there is a whole antagonist. Like, I can, it's like, you can just shit-talk people at random. Oh, that's I, amazing. Yeah, it's like there's a button for it, literally. It's hold L2, or in my case, my PS4, it's hold L2 to target them. And press circle, I believe, and it's just antagonize. And that's amazing. Yeah, and if you that's do it enough, so people will just fight you. Like just I, I, IRL troll. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, no, literally. And like some people are super into using that. Like I got my raccoon hat because there was some motherfucker in a bar who's like just shit talking the native population. He's like, I've killed so many of them. I'm like, I'm gonna go fucking antagonize that fucker into fighting with me. So in that case too, because he took the first swing at me, when the sheriff showed up, they were like eh, just leave town. We don't care. You beat this guy to death in a bar. Oh, wow. <laughs> just get okay, out of town for a well, while. That's some uh, Western justice. Yeah, it's like, you I... didn't start the fight, so eh, just leave. Yeah. You sure should edit it, though. You can go. I'm taking his hat. Whatever. <laughs> so, what about all of the, well, on the other side of Red Dead Redemption 2, the stories of the 100-hour, 120-hour dev week. So we talked about this some last week. It's... Yeah. I, I, I still stand by... like it, It's weird, because I, I, the, the ongoing phrase of you can get used to anything given enough time, unfortunately. like It's the, the initial gut reactions I had of, like, man, this game just oozes someone had a bunch of real shitty months for several years kind of thing. They're still there, but I'm now used to them enough where it's like, the menus are still ridiculous and don't need to be ridiculous, but at the same time, it's cool they're there. Like, I, it's, I, I think, like many things in this topic, unfortunately, my outrage and general people's kind of gut reaction to it, it's like, yeah, the game is still gorgeous. There's still a hundred some odd animals to kind of catalog and hunt and interact with. I've met nine different types of dogs that all acted differently and now think I'm cool. And it's super rad. It's in this giant open world game. But you still run into moments where it's like, man, a lot of people lost a lot of time to this damn thing. And on one hand, it's still super impressive. And like, 
it's a great example of what you can do with video games, but there's still that kind of uncomfortable shadow of, okay, what of these stories are actually true and exactly what's like what's the message to be taken away from this? Cause I, I don't think we're going to see another game of this kind of scope for a very long time. And people are like, oh, it's like Skyrim. Skyrim wishes it was this good. It, it wishes its world was this realized. Yeah, I mean, even what, at least one of the articles I read, or at least one response from one of the devs said, you know, was to go ahead and buy the game, but be aware and kind of maybe try to change the industry, change the culture, change something. Yeah, and, and I, so. we talked about this some last week, and it's like, there's not much I or this podcast can do at the end of the day. Like, it's the, should you play this game if you care about video games? Absolutely, fucking lootly And... It's kind of it's it's this awkward situation where you have people that work at Rockstar currently saying, "Yeah, I work at Rockstar despite kind of the reputation and stuff because they make games like Red Dead Redemption." And it's like, "Yeah, I, okay, yeah, you're right. Like this is this is definitely something that if I was in the video game industry, I'd want to say like I worked on that shit. Like this is impressive. This is some career making shit potentially, depending on what you worked on. Like it's the like the modelers, the mocaps, the just the the, the attention to detail is." I am not ever in that game not amazed by just ha- like the scope of what that game does, and that scope never goes away. Just the draw distances, the nature, the like, the fact that it's like I'll spend a half hour getting from point A to point B and not mine because horseback riding in that game is a lot of fun, and there's enough kind of wander into events that happen as you move along the trail that it keeps it interesting. Like that, that, that saving that guy from a bear trap. That wasn't a scripted event. That's one of like the several random things that can just happen to you in the game. That mm-hmm. like there's no set point in which it happens. There might be a region it happens in, but like I have not saved another person from a bear trap. I keep running into the same like chain gang guy who's getting recaptured though. But he's like, hey, you should go rob this place. Can you help me escape from this chain gang again? And like he's been a constant narrative through, but like I just got robbed at gunpoint for the first time in 20 hours the other day. I'm like, holy shit. I didn't know this was even in the game. Wait, yeah, that's you pretty can awesome. get robbed? Yes. You, uh, like, so, maybe I didn't talk about this at all last week. So basically, you've got kind of at the top level, you've got the open world of the game. Below that, you have the kind of rock star written story. Below that, you have strangers, which are kind of little side mission-y things. Then below that, you have your kind of typical open world activity game bullshit, where you have like the hunting and the foraging and stuff like that, and like playing poker, like there's at least 10 different mini games in this game. Wow. All of which can make you money in some form. Like I, to put the level of immersion in this game, like it's the, there's solo. And I believe there's gotta be kind of versus, um, what's it called? The game where you stab a knife around your hand. I spent 15 minutes doing the solo knife one because I got on a roll and I'm like, fuck it. We're going for as long as we can before I fuck up. And you're doing like knife flourishes and shit. And eventually I screwed up. I'm like, ah, oh, man, that, it's like your record 25 minutes. I'm like, oh, holy shit. I wasted almost a half hour of my life doing this. Wow. That's wow. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. I like, but so, and then on that kind of, and that, that, that layer below that you have, I don't know what they're called. I, I call them like secondary stranger missions in my brain. You have like random encounters and the random encounters show up on the map as like little gray dots and they can be as innocuous as like someone's just on the side of the road being like, hey, mister. And that's it. Or like you come up over a hill and like nine dudes pop up from behind trees and pull guns on you and they're like, yo, we're taking your horse. 
<laughs> or like some guy's on the side of the road, he's been bit by a snake, and you can choose to save him or not. Like I, I keep encountering people that have stolen like a safe from something or trying to get into it, and you roll up on them, and they're all, "You need to be, you need to best be moving along, sir." And I'm like, "What if I want your safe?" And I typically gun them down and take their safe because they draw on me. But I, it's like the 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 world, like I said last week, feels like it's. It's a truly actualized video game where it feels like people and things live there. Like it's, and sometimes it's at the cost of it being a good video game. It's, it's still just unbelievably impressive. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's. It, I'm not saying it's for everyone. Yeah, like not I everyone mean, likes open world games. Like I, I lack that inherent like mayhem gene. Lots of open world game fans have, but I'm fucking enjoying the shit out of this game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would. Yeah, I mean, Rockstar has been very good about creating these large sort of a, a game world that does feel alive, and they've been trying to improve on that every time they kind of put something out. You know, Rockstar has, and I think yeah, it sounds like this one has really reached a sort of level of it where it seems like just things happen, like life actually happens. Yeah, the it's the clockwork mechanisms in the game are cool to watch. Like it's. And it's fun to kind of break them. Like, it's that the train runs on a set schedule in that game. And I've just followed the train around for a chunk of time. Like, because the tracks are a nice straight shot from point A to point, to point B in that game. And it's like, eh, fuck it. I, the train's on the opposite side of the map. I don't know where we get hit by it kind of thing. It's, it is the hardest rock star has ever rock starred, if that makes any sense. And it shows. But yeah, like, it, it's... I don't think the game will ever fully shake that kind of like little stigma or shadow it's got going on of just kind of the like, clusterfuck's the wrong word, but like the the reality of like it's this game has maybe made a slight sacrifice of human life possibly kind of thing, and that's not right. But man, is this game impressive! Yeah. I did have a Halloween as well. Um, me and the girlfriend gave out candy. Two people came to our house. We made one trick or treaters fucking night. Awesome. Uh, so uh, we we made the deal that like if someone showed up after eight o'clock, they would get all the candy we had left. So oh, really? they showed up at eight fifteen. The door opened, and I'm like, "Fucking take the entire container, motherfucker!" Starts looking at us <laughs> like, "What the hell's going on?" Like, "You're the second trick or treater we've had. It's all yours. Take it." We nice. fucking filled a six year old's uh, hoping it's a pillow bag or something, just with like all the candy we had. We're like, "Yeah, we're the cool house now." Nice. But on top of that, as I threatened last week, the Call of Cthulhu game came out, and I spent kind of Halloween playing the new Call of Cthulhu game. How was that? I don't know how I feel about that game. I don't think it's a good game. I I like Call of Cthulhu a lot, and by that I mean the story, the books, the like Lovecraftian horror angle of that, and... As a delivery mechanism, the Call of Cthulhu is not a bad delivery mechanism in video game form. As a video well, game, I don't think it's a good video game. Well, the problem is, and the reason that literature in general, and I'd say Lovecraft in particular, doesn't translate well to others, because a lot of the horror is your own imagination. Like, heavily, the books are very heavily about hinting at things, drawing just enough to for the what you fill in is horrified, like when, you, when your brain fills in the blanks. And so for something like Call of Cthulhu, it's an 
for a game, it's just really, really hard to portray that same sort of thing. You find the same thing with movies. Well, it's like, so, I guess to interrupt, really, like, the game actually has an okay job of that. It's got kind of this little sanity system going on where your character will witness events, and then the events will kind of, it's like, and then the event will be over, and it's not clear if your interpretation of the event was correct or not. Like, it's, the game does an okay job of playing around with the real versus not real. I think it's more the game feels it has to justify itself as a game, which is my problem. Like, it's, um, you played Soma, right, Henry? Yes. So, uh, Soma's, I, I, I keep going back to Soma in my brain, where it's like, where Soma had a rationale for, like, what you were up to. Like, okay, it's like, okay, go solve this puzzle. I know Call of Cthulhu source material pretty well at this point in my life. I don't remember this being there being that many puzzles in that. And it's not like they're good puzzles. It's like, oh, I need to open this door. Let's go open nine dress drawers till I find a key. Yay. Or let's poke around this library till I find all eight uh, clues, which then triggers like the next thing to happen. And that's like it's if this game would sound like that telltale style where it's like it's very narrative driven, I think it would work better. It's the feels like i have a fucking rpg page in that thing where it's like it's your stats and the stats i don't quite get what they do but i keep putting points into certain things because like yo i want to be better at finding stuff i guess so maybe that'll be a thing like it's it, it wants to be both like a horror cthulhu game thing and also like a murder mystery thing and the two could work except for the fact that i'm leveling up my detective skills which is weird because I feel like I occasionally miss stuff, but there's also no chance at how to ever replay this game, so it's kind of a, why not just make it so if I'm good at playing the game, I'll find stuff better or not? I don't know. And it's like, oh, there's a stealth segment. Yay! <laughs> why? Oh, there's a stealth, there's a stealth oh. mechanic? Yes. It's, it seems like yeah, they tried to shoehorn a lot of stuff in there, sad. like you said, to, to, make it, to make it a game, to make it to where it fits their definition of game. And the thing is, we're still kind of stuck with collectathons. I mean, we've had collectathons since we had Adventure, if you know that game. Yeah, and, I, I, you're kind that, of... and that's that's the thing. Ever since, everything, every quest is a collectathon, and there has to be better ways of making your game a game than just making you collect things. Yeah, and I think that's and that's the issue too, because when the game is on, the game is real cool. Like it's got like that's it's got that environment down really well. Like it's the the opening part of the game where you're at like the the Darkwater Harbor and you kind of like realize what you stumble into is really well done. There's some cool kind of interactive parts where they hint at one or two things. If you, like, it also may be I know the Call of Cthulhu stuff pretty well, so it's like, oh yeah, that's my dad's leg. Wink. Pretty sure it's your leg, dude. No, it's my grandfather's. You just said dad's. Who knows what I just said? <laughs> People live forever here. Not. Why did you say not? People obviously live forever here. No. There's no fish people. Who mentioned fish people? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, are you familiar with the uh, Dan Gan Ropa game series? Yes. And I think I something of that style might have been a little bit better for this. I also. I, hey. Yeah. Exactly. That's 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 why the, I was just thinking about that. I mean, I can think of very few things at all that have done a real detective style, you know, 
type of thing better than either Danganronpa or perhaps something like Silver Case and a few other games like that. I don't know Silver I mean, Case, but yeah, I, something of the Danganronpa approach might be your pro. Like, I, I think it's one of those things where it's like if you're just telling the story, like the, if you want to just tell the story of Call of Cthulhu, that very linear kind of telltale press X to stop the bullet stuff, it's dumb, but it would work well in this context. And even if you want to have it from first person like this game has it, it's it's one of those ones where it's like you wasted time and assets on stuff that it's like, okay, yeah, there's this back alley here. That's cool. I'm never coming back to this map, I'm pretty sure. So, eh. See, I'd rather see a adaptation of maybe some In the Mountains of Madness. So, there's another game coming out in 2019, and this is where things get weird. There were like, at E3 this previous year, 2018, there were two Call of Cthulhu games. The actual Call of Cthulhu game and one called The Sunken City. And I got them slightly crossed in my brain because my impression is The Sunken City is essentially like Bioshock Infinite set in the Call of Cthulhu universe. <laughs> Where you're just like some detective in like Innsmith or something and it's like, well, we have fish people, whatever. We've always had fish people. We have? Yes, we have. And you're just kind of like doing your detective thing in this weird Lovecraftian world. Where this one's much more like, hey, it's Call of Cthulhu. And if I was excited about this one, I'm not disappointed. Like I, the game part is bad. The Cthulhu part is good. Like they're, And I'm sure the Cthulhu part is ruined by the fact that I'm like, I know what Call of Cthulhu is. Like it's the, man, there's a lot of squid-headed god statues here. It's Cthulhu, you idiot. I don't know what these squid-headed gods are. Shut up, video game character. <laughs> yeah, I, it's the Cthulhu part's good. So if you want to play it for that, like it's fine. But I don't think like it's the the game part is bad. It's not bad. It's just not good either. It's like yeah, it's fine. This game is a, it's like low three out of five. If you want to put like a number scale, it's not bad. It's just not good. But it does what it's trying to do, which is like, hey, it's Call of Cthulhu, and it conveys the story of what the hell Call of Cthulhu is in a very palpable, understandable way, which. Is neat. I think it, from that approach, it accomplishes it, which is cool. Yeah, that's what I've been up to mostly. What have you been up to, Alex? Uh, well, I am uh currently still kind of in and out of sleep because I have been doing a twenty-four hour mar- well, it turned into twenty-five because of the hour change uh, marathon for extra life. And uh, yeah, what did I'm, you play? Um, well, I did a little bit of rating off on the off time, but I did Overwatch. I did um, Brawlhalla, which is one of my favorites. Uh, we did PUBG, Fortnite. I didn't realize how much Fortnite has changed since I logged in recently, or the last time, but man, has it fucking changed quite a bit, like in terms of what they do with the map. So, you know, so that for keeping things fresh, I guess, but yeah, um... But it's not the main reason. Normally, I'd be like, you know what? This I, I'm going to call it. I'm going to go to bed. But no, I was also watching BlizzCon this past weekend through a virtual ticket. Save it. Save it for the news. Okay. Oh, well, is that our main topic? What's our main topic? Our, I totally our, our main topic is video game stuff. We'll get we'll get to it later. But All most right. of the news is gonna be BlizzCon because the big news this week is BlizzCon. Okay. Well then, yeah. Other than that, um. Yeah, just just watching that train wreck was fun. 
just want to get to news. Did you just want to run right into news so you can talk about BlizzCon, Alex? Uh, yeah, let's just dive into it. All right, news. News me up, Alex. Okay. Uh, well, we're going to do the other news, and then we're going to do BlizzCon, or how It's all it? news! Just, talk, just transition to news, dude! Oh, okay. BlizzCon. What happened to BlizzCon, Alex? BlizzCon has been glorious. And not glorious in like, oh man, this was great. No. This was a train wreck. It was pretty bad. Like, okay, so... For a while now, I mean, Blizzard kind of has a tradition of like, okay, right after the opening ceremonies, usually their big hook is the first panel to happen right afterwards. Sorry, so this year. Turn up for a quick second. BlizzCon is still technically going on at time of recording this, so we may miss a couple no. of the announcements. No, it's done. Oh, it's, it's done? Friday done? and Saturday. I thought it's, it's on only Sunday Friday and Saturday. My bad. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. So this is hot off the press. Um, so. Let's see. So they had, you know, obviously do you want to they, run down the big game. announcements before you go off on it? Sure. All right. So uh, let's go down the list. First of all, for uh, for Warcraft fans or just Warcraft lore people, they're remastering Warcraft three. Woo! And it does look pretty good. I I will give them that. I think this is probably one of the more hyper uh, or hype esque announcements. Was the the remastering? Well, they're calling it Warcraft three reforged. And it's pretty cool. Like, I mean, if you're a fan of Warcraft 3, and I think it's going to even support all the old add-ons, so if you want to go ahead and play Dota and all that on Warcraft 3, I believe it's going to be possible. At least from what I'm hearing. So, um, all the all the campaign stuff, everything else is there, and it just it looks good. I will say that was pretty nice of them to announce that. Um, <clears throat> they did announce that they're going to have you know, they went into more details about Warcraft Classic, including a release date, uh, which is going to be uh, summer 2019. And one little uh, open little tidbit on that is if you have an active WoW BFA subscription, the same subscription applies to World of Warcraft Classic. So you will not have to second sub in order to play Warcraft. That's or good. World of Warcraft. Yeah. So cool. which is, I think, a good way to do it because that way... If you're already subbed once, you can play BFA. If you get bored, jump over to play some classic, and then when the next big thing comes out for BFA or the current expansion, go back and forth. And it's a good way to keep the sub numbers up and still keep people somewhat engaged. Can, Although, we, can we talk about the irony of the fact that you're like, when you get bored with modern WoW, go back and play the old jank-ass vanilla WoW? Yeah, and boy, the demo is real jank-ass. Like, I, I, I was reminded of how much we've evolved. When I pulled up the talent tree, and I was like, wow, there's stuff still in here. Yeah, there is. So, also, there is currently a WoW Classic demo going on. You start off as level 15, and you have six talent points, which you get to spread out accordingly. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. But from what I've been hearing, sorry, um, is that it is, gonna, um, <clears throat> it is going to kind of uh, stagger their content as well. And so some of the stuff they're asking is like, well, is it just going to be only classic or are there going to be some evolutions from there? And they're like, well, right now we don't have any plans for anything like that. But if that's what it calls for, maybe. But right now, classic is just going to stay. Classic. I love the idea of WoW Classic becoming like WoW, uh, WoW 2. It's like it's the alternative timeline where, where, where Thrall never left. Yeah, it's one of those scenarios, I feel like. So um, as far as World of Warcraft stuff goes, that's one of the things they talked about. Um, during the 
for the Warcraft panel. I guess I'll just go down the games list to kind of be sure. On that one. During the uh, World of Warcraft panel, um, they did talk about um, some of the future plans. Uh, they've discussed the upcoming patch, which will uh, be releasing the new uh, the new allied races, which is the Dandelari Trolls and the Kul'Turas Humans. Why those were not in the game from the start, we may never know. Who knows, but they are now. And the Zandalari humans look legit. Speaking of also interesting with the Zandalari, Zandalari uh, trolls, actually, I meant to say, is um, they can be paladins. So oh, that's cool. kind of a... Holy yeah, troll! Kind of a, holy troll, yes. That's because I guess the, the Zandalari are very thoroughly wrapped in the Loa and all that. So it just kind of is a reflection of that. So um, they release the official class list and all that stuff. Interesting sight, though. Kul'Turas humans can be both shaman and druids. Yes, their druid forms are fucking kick-ass, too. Their druid forms are absolutely... They're all like Lovecraftian horror monsters. I actually am like, man, that would make me play Alliance. Yes. Oh, yeah. that's... Even even the freaking uh, moonkin form looks fucking... They're all like seaweed crazy. monsters. It's cool. Yeah. they All those forms look fucking great. So, um... So, then they also talked about the future plans, of course. Um, patch... I think it's 8.1.5 or 8.2. Uh, we'll be bringing uh, Rise of Nagitar. So we will be actually going down to Nagitar and taking on Ashara. For those unfamiliar, that's the Naga space. Yes. Um, and it turns out they're not releasing one, but two new actual landmasses for you to go to. So it's normally with some of the, like, like with Legion, you had your four. Uh, zones for the map and then you had suramar and then they introduced uh legion fall area whatever they call it um so then at the very end you actually went to argus well no with this one you're actually going down there's a whole new questing area a whole new zone for you to do stuff uh underwater so we're actually traveling somewhere really far into the ocean to get there and so eventually the raid will be fighting her and i believe that patch is called rise of ashara that makes sense. So, yeah. So they've got a somewhat decent timeline right now of where they're going with this stuff. The one thing I didn't see was Enhancement Shaman updates, so thanks, Blizzard. Keep me true to that one. Appreciate that as a Shaman player. Uh, let's see what else in the Warcraft board they were. Well, there's more to BlizzCon than just Warcraft. I know. I just, I'm trying to cover all the, all the topics there. So let's next one here, Hearthstone. They're getting the new expansion, uh, Raskatan, Raskatan's Rumble. And so I guess you're fighting, it's kind of replicating or simulating that whole battle in Strangleform Vale, uh, where you have that open PvP just fight area. So it's just going to be themed off of that. It's a troll slash jungle themed uh, Hearthstone expansion. Hmm. So that'll be coming out. Um, they added a new keyword, I guess, called overkill, where if you kill something with way more damage than you need to, you can take another turn. So that'll be some interesting mechanics to go along with that one. Uh, this is actually Destiny related. Um, if you uh, have Battle.net, which if you have any kind of WoW game you should, Destiny 2 is free to claim and keep until November 18th. So you can actually get, uh, it's the base game it looks like from what I've seen. So you will be able to um, get your own copy of Destiny 2. So Didn't we predict it? this at one point? Well, the whole, the game to just keep, I know PlayStation Plus went over it recently. Yeah, no, I, I think discount, I, right? I think like when I think like a couple months ago, one of us said something like, 
I bet money that by the end of next year we have like free to play uh Destiny 2 at least on PC. This is not quite there but definitely feels like hey, we're not making money off the base game anymore. Let's get you in so you buy those expansions. Yeah. So, um yeah, they're 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 giving you the base game for free and then uh if you want to buy Forsaken you can. But yeah, until November 18th and it's not a free to play just until the 18th. If you claim the game now you will own it forever so it's a legit free copy so if you've been kind of on the fence about destiny 2 on pc uh this is a good way to actually get the full game play it out see if you like it then buy the expansion if you want it if not cool but it's a nice way to kind of segue into that i stand by forsaken's real good yeah so you've got one fan here i don't know henry how do you feel about forsaken do you play that at all or he not? does not play destiny is my understanding no i hadn't mainly because well the first one wasn't on pc nope. so i never played that one and Destiny 2, I have, well, I watched a friend play it the other day, and that did make me more apt to want to play it. Mainly just to have an online battle game where there's actually something in the game that is, you know, you can armor and such. Abilities. It's a good loot shooter. It's definitely that. Well, don't worry. I've got a game coming up that can probably meet those needs. And you don't have to get a console to get it. Is it Warframe? Anyway, no, no. We'll, we'll go into that one. I'm saving it for the juicy part at the end. Um, Heroes of the Storm, new hero, is an original character. It's not any actual character from the franchise. It's the first character that's born in the quote-unquote Nexus. So, uh, yeah, for you Heroes of the Storm MOBA players, that's where it's at. Who is that uh, at this point? Who? who? Who plays, like, do either of you two know anyone who's actually playing Heroes of the Storm actively at this point? I have some no. friends who play. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Um. <clears throat> Overwatch released a cinematic short called Reunion, which kind of goes over uh, a little bit of Mr. McCree story, and introduced the new Overwatch hero named Ash of the Didlock, Deadlock Gang. Has uh, she existed in lore prior to this, or is she just kind of a new thing? She showed up in the new cinematic, and I guess that's how they seg segued into it. So, her her character's kind of interesting. She's a, she's kind of like a combination of Widowmaker and the Scout from Team Fortress Two. So she's got a like, what's that? Uh, well, she's got like a, action. she's got like a, a booms like a, I won't call it a it's boom a stick. Yeah, it's a lever action rifle. Yeah, lever action rifle. Uh, she has uh some TNT she can toss. She's got uh, was it TNT lever action rifle? Uh, she has like a scatter gun or something as well. Uh, yeah, that's that's the reference for the scout. It's a shotgun that she can actually use to launch herself up in the air or hit enemies back with. So, Ooh. yeah, it. But it's very much like that double barrel shotgun from, uh, from the scout who can use to launch himself up higher after a double jump or, you know, push people back. So, there's that, and of course her ult, which is where she literally summons a giant. A robot named Bob, and he just goes around and punches everything and shoots stuff with his arm guns. So I'm glad Overwatch finally has pet classes. Yeah, it it summoned a giant robot named Bob. I kind of wish so. I could play as Bob instead. Bob looks cool. Yeah, it's a robot <laughs> with it's a robot with some chops. <laughs> nice, those mutton yeah. chop robots. <laughs> yeah, I as someone who does not play Overwatch at all anymore, I actually looked at Ash and I'm like, that's a cool character. I would play that. 
yeah, it, she looks really interesting. She looks very technical too, which is interesting. So yeah, uh, for those people who kind of like that technicalness, it's pretty nice. Because one thing I noticed from the trailer is you can toss the TNT, and I'm guessing it either blows up when you throw it, or you can shoot it while it's in the air to make it explode. So that's a nice little skill shot mechanic involved in that. So yeah, but now we're getting to the juicy, of the juicy. So, so to back up a step, like um. Remind us what the lead-in to BlizzCon was like for this year, Alex. I think it really sets the stage for why what you're about to talk about next is as big a deal as it turned out to be. So, Diablo has had a kind of a dry spell for content for like maybe a year and a half, two years now. Um, the last big thing they pushed out, other than just doing seasons and rebalancing the tier sets, was the Necromancer update. That was the last real kind of new content update the last Diablo real new got. thing was diablo 3 yeah. on switch but well i don't even count that because <laughs> you're just porting the game somewhere else let's be honest here i don't know so, it's kind of cool so the reason i bring this up is because kind of over the past years it's like hey this year like there's one thing that's kind of prominent and big last year was of course legion uh the year before that i believe was uh i can't remember it was Exactly. It might have been like a StarCraft thing. I think they're also doing the StarCraft remaster. Point is, every year they kind of have one big thing that's like the hook. But even last year, there was nothing new for Diablo. Like, it was quiet for Diablo. Because they announced the Necromancer, and I think the Necromancer was released before BlizzCon. So it wasn't like they could be like, hey, Necromancer, here you go. So there was a lot of speculation as far as like, hey, we've got some stuff coming up for uh, Diablo possibly. Because, you know, it's, it's Diablo's year. And then the schedule got released for BlizzCon, and they noticed that the panel right after the opening ceremonies was a Diablo panel. So history has shown that the panel with the the subject of the panel right after BlizzCon is usually the big hook. So no one really knew what was going on. So everyone got hyped. It was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be Diablo 4, or they're releasing sort of update for Diablo 3, or it's a Diablo 2 remaster. Because there have been a lot of job postings recently around Diablo stuff and things like that. So there was, there's currently some active work being done on the Diablo franchise. So, the stage is set. Everyone announces all their things. Well, before we move on again, Alex, sorry to keep interrupting. Would you describe the Diablo franchise as a lackluster, dispassionate group? No, they're pretty passionate, actually. I would say they were, they're, they've been holding on hope. I actually checked a lot of YouTubers out who do Diablo, and there's pretty there's a pretty solid following. And I know they've been yearning for some new content, something really good to latch onto. Like, you know what, this is it. Diablo, it's going to happen, right? And especially considering last year there was nothing for Diablo. Like, it was just quiet. So they're like, okay, it's fine. And, of course, Blizzard having a history of being like, hey, if we don't have anything super crazy big to announce, we don't do a BlizzCon. That actually happened. One year, they were like, we, we don't really have any cool new content to show you, so we're just going to cancel Blizz, or we're not going to do a BlizzCon this year, because we don't want to have people come out, and there not necessarily be anything, you know, to hook you there. So, they're like, okay, it's BlizzCon, got stuff going on, Diablo's the next panel right after the class, or right after the, the opening ceremonies. This is it, boys. And lo and behold, we got a new Diablo. Except, it's a new Diablo on mobile. Diablo okay. Immortal will be coming to all iOS and Android devices uh, in the near future. 
But Alex, don't you already own a phone? Oh, everyone has a phone, right? Is it? Yeah, I, oh. I can take Diablo with me on my phone exactly the way I want to. Why is this a problem? Because you know what? Nothing says, let me slay demons like sitting on the toilet dealing with bubble guts. Nothing, you know what? I can go on a, on a bail treasure run right now while I'm dropping this deuce. Let's do this. No. So they're releasing a Diablo game. First of all, after this was announced, the fucking crowd was pretty silent. It wow. was... So, so yes, you're like, not you're not giving it the gravitas this deserves. Like this crowd is going nuts. It's like Diablo, Diablo, Diablo Immortal. Fucking nothing. Like it was quiet. It was pretty bad. And I and I feel bad for I think his name is Wyatt Chang. I think he's the lead the lead guy for Diablo and all that stuff. I think he flat on had a panic attack on stage, not re- realizing the reception was not what he was expecting. Yeah, the, it was the, the general kind of bad. blizzard and industry reaction since what Alex is about to talk about has been kind of this like surprise, shock, and awe of Blizzard even out get out there saying, we didn't think this was going to go over that bad. We yeah, did not see this coming. Yeah, they did. Somehow they're like, no, this is, no, this is, we're okay here. This makes sense. We, we've starved Diablo fans for content for the last two years. I think what they really want is a mobile game. I mean, after all, we're a PC company. Our primary focus is in PC games. Clearly, mobile's the way to go. And here's the best part. As this has been going on, people have been doing research because it turns out they're not even actively developing the game. Yeah, and this is- It's being handled by a company named NetEase in China who does other hack and slash RPGs was it a yeah in in across the Pacific? Yep. So now that's kind of where I jumped on the okay, maybe this is shitty because Blizzard fans not getting what they want a little bit normal. Blizzard handing off development of a pretty kind of beloved tentpole franchise of their company to a mobile developer a little bit more suspicious. <laughs> oh yeah, and people have actually gone and researched that company, and they pull up the UI of what they showed in the Diablo trailer it and looks some of their real current re-skinny. games, it's pretty much looking like a reskin. So it doesn't even look like it's anything really original in that sense, other than it's just the Diablo theme slapped over it. Yeah. It's bad. The reception has been horrible. Blizzard PR has been under fire since that announcement. During the panel for Diablo's Q&A, Someone went up and asked, and I kid you not, they said, hey, is this some sort of off-season April Fool's joke? It's a pretty... It, tracking down that video is almost worth the time, too. Like, it's... Oh, it's everywhere. Yeah. You can, you can easily find it, but they've been doing their job trying to take down a lot of the... In fact, actually, from what I've heard, I haven't confirmed it yet, but if you go back into the Blizzard virtual ticket and search through that QA, they have edited that question out of the archives. That's shitty. Wow. Wow. That's what I'm hearing. I'll confirm it later on. But yeah, from what I understand is they edited that out of the um out of the archives. So there's that. They've also had a guy who went up and he noticed he's actually a big so it turns out the guy who asked this question right now is actually a big Diablo YouTuber. Tons of his content. He makes content guides. He make for every season, 
it's not Riker, I can't remember his name, but he was like fluffy face of Diablo or something like that, but he's not some, he's not you or I. He's a legit, like, full-time, really dedicated to the franchise. He cares about Diablo it. in ways he none cares. of us do. And even him asking this question, I, you could feel he just felt really bad. And so he asked, like, first, well, one of the things I noticed on here is that there are a lot of new mechanics that we've been asking for in Diablo 3. Is there any chance that this is going to be coming over to PC in the future? Something along those lines? Because they have not only some mechanics in terms of, like, what they want to do, but they have bigger parties in the mobile version. In Diablo 3, you have a cap of four people. From what they showed in Diablo Immortals trailer, you can have six players inside a group. So it's a bigger party, and so they have other mechanics involved in terms of the gameplay that are not present in Diablo 3. So the guy asked, hey, is this the mechanics or any of this ever showing up in Diablo 3? And they said, no, this is only mobile, iOS and, excuse me, and Android. And they got booed. The audience booed at the Diablo devs on wow. the spot. That that seems a little extreme. I mean, I I have to say that the Blizzard fans in general are incredibly demanding. Like, incredibly demanding. I mean, that's I I think like, this was the wrong venue to introduce that in particular because I mean the mobile games they're made to really they're they're made to really attract your more general gamer. Your you know not necessarily your hardcore gamer yeah but your hardcore gamer is exactly what's attending these events well so and you also have no other diablo news to go along with hey we're making a mobile game yeah they, they, they they've been so just i'll add to the pr nightmare on that one right now but um so yeah the thing is this kind of announcement could have happened at like gamescom because the thing yeah. is like the mobile market here in the u.s isn't that big the mobile market they're looking to attract with all the whales is definitely like Japan and China. That has a way bigger mobile market. They can hand over fist make cash over there. If they had made an announcement at some convention over there or like Gamescom, but not BlizzCon. BlizzCon is where your hardcore PC gamers come out to spend their money to go see, you know, their company. And I get like, okay, yeah. you didn't get something particularly for Blizzard or Diablo or whatever. I get that. Like well, it's understandable. Even if they had done like a, hey, we're doing a mobile game and we're also working on Diablo 4 or this and that, but we don't have anything to show you, but just letting you know, this is coming out currently. We do have this coming up in the future. But all they said was, hey, we've got multiple projects going on for Diablo, but here you are, Diablo Immortal. It's, it's an absolute slap in the face of Diablo fans who've been waiting for two years and literally the best thing they got was a fucking mobile. Well, and if you want to rewind some a little bit too, like go back to when Blizzard announced, hey, we're bringing Diablo 3 to consoles. People rioted over that one too. They obviously cooled off about it eventually because the console versions were great. But like the, the idea that, the oh, there's no way everything's going to happen. Dude, I saw the BlizzCon where you said, hey, we're bringing Diablo to PlayStation 4 and people also were pissed then. Yeah. So... This, it's just been a nightmare for them ever since this has happened. So you have that guy who pretty much got shut down saying, no, it's pretty, that's pretty much how it's going. And, like, the panel was pretty sad afterwards. Like It's just... Yeah. It was pretty bad. They, they had another Q&A panel afterwards, 
and one of the first opening shots showed a lot of empty seats in that panel. Yeah, that sounds and about so, right. <laughs> and the future shots for that panel, whenever they were showing the crowd, were really tight and really well framed. Because if you did anything where, like, you're at the Warcraft panel, they zoom back out, it's it was empty, and that was bad. There are people at the convention who took pictures of the area, like, because you have a play area where they have you demo everything. There was almost never a line at the Diablo area. You could literally run in and just keep playing it over and over. Like, there That's was kind of funny no in its own sick way. Yeah. So, and so, just to kind of continue on with this whole fiasco, the PR nightmare, um, the YouTube videos with the trailers that they put out had enormous dislikes. The ratio, I think, was like for every, like, one like there was like 130 140 dislikes so and let, let's just go on the record for this one just because you don't like disliking on youtube is weird and it happens a lot with video games it's like oh we don't like the directions this is going in trailer bad that's very much what this is but sorry but continue but people they have been taking down the videos and re-uploading them to reset the like dislike ratio and that's when it gets shitty because that- there are people who have been archiving the differences where they've been deleting the downvotes on the videos. You can actually, people have an archive list of the unlisted videos that were uploaded and then put out with the dislike ratios, and then they've been marked as unlisted and then been re-uploaded, so the like-dislike ratio is not bad. They've also been deleting comments off the YouTube videos, which That's I get normal. that. The YouTube comments is, is yeah. just shit. I totally get that, but they've been... Uh, Fragrantly, or flagrantly, if I don't even know if that's the right word, fucking with the like-dislike ratio. It's been bad. It has been a dumpster fire that it turned... This, this, basically what had happened is this is a dumpster fire that took place in the back of a Chinese illegal fireworks factory and has blown up. It has been just the weirdest, horrible chain of events that just turned into, like, this. it's bad. Like, I get it. Diablo's, you know, they they, they want it. It's a company. They want to make money. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of play both sides here. I get that, but like at least have something for like the, the fans who play on PC who are like intrigued to want to play this and want to go in there. Yeah. And no, all you said was no. We're not. We don't we're releasing any of the cool stuff you saw here today on the PC side. It's just mobile. And then when people are upset by that, your response is, what, what? You don't have a phone? Everyone has a phone. You can even play on tablet. Ha, 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 ha. Like, really? How fucking tone deaf are you? That, like, no, this is not how you respond. It has been just a shit show to watch. And so just watching Blizzard deal with the PR fire ever since has been just it's it's a train wreck. You don't you want to look away because you know it's bad and no, you, you shouldn't be. But you gotta you gotta look, you gotta stare, you gotta see all the mangled bodies along the track. Well, it's bad. Well, well, think about it this way. So, all right. So, and this is sort of you know taking a little bit of devil's advocate here. So, Blizzard puts out these games that you most of them you buy once, and that's it. Only World of Warcraft really requires a subscription. Nothing yeah. else does. Yet everything else has. They keep. They're expected to keep putting out updates for a game you've already ostensibly paid for. 
and these are free updates generally like you know most of what blizzard puts out is free updates it, you know not you know destiny notwithstanding you know but uh the others it's all a bunch of free updates and so i think i think it's a weird expectation for to just demand new content without them also trying to create things that will just make money hand over fist well, because we know as you mentioned the market's just going to make them i mean the phone market the mobile market is going to make them money hand over fist well what do you think is going to fund all of these free updates for your job and i think for your overwatch i think the, it's it's these other games that are going to be funding those free updates and i think the counter to that is is that blizzard already has hearthstone and heroes of the storm specifically hearthstone though is definitely making the money in the same way and that's also a mobile game already and i i that's i i'd also go on track and say like the necromancer update was not free uh what was it? Reaper of Souls wasn't free. Like the big expansions that kind of were hinted at or people want for these things are not free. They are yeah. always paid content. Yeah, those weren't. Yeah. 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 And I and I will add just really quick, if they had released a Diablo 4 announcement and there was like, for example, a purchase store where you can buy cosmetics, just like you can do now in Overwatch, where you can buy loot boxes and get purely cosmetics, but you can still unlock stuff through the game. People will be okay with that. If you do something in terms of cosmetics, people will be willing to pay for it. That alone would help fund a lot of those updates on top of the fact that you're paying for an expansion. Um, and I get that. Like Companies have to make money. That is their goal beginning and end. I totally get that. If, you, if they had come at the angle of, hey, we are releasing like a Diablo game, PC, we're introducing, hey, like, you know, a cosmetic store. Keep in mind, this does not affect actual gameplay. It's not a pay-to-win system because the pay-to-win system is what pisses a lot of people off. Yep. But then that's where you also have the whales, which, by the way, somebody looked into um, the NetEase game or at least some of the references for the NetEase games on there. And I think somebody was saying the most money a whale has spent in, some, in one of their games is over a million dollars. Yeah. What? Yeah, and I think that's like part of the issue is oh my God. is that oh. they're not building a good. Probably that's not true. No, that's that's, that's quite let believably me, true. Me, that's horrifying. Me. Yeah, and I think that I think kind of like you're surprised there goes back to like there are fine mobile games out there. There's a couple of good ones like the Hitman Go games. I was a big fan of when I had my busted up shoulder. They're, not all mobile games are bad. The issue is NetEast specifically seems to traffic in that kind of. Clash of Clans money pit style game. Yeah. Better versions, but still very kind of maybe not maybe not deliberately exploity feeling, but a little more cash grabby than you'd want. I think it's also one of those things where it's like I'm not sure anyone would object to, hey, we're making a Diablo mobile game if it wasn't the only Diablo news this year. I think it's kind of hard to overstate that aspect of this enough and to act like, oh, we were surprised people didn't think um, Diablo Mobile might be a weird choice. Yeah, and actually, let me correct my previous statement. The most that a whale has spent in a mobile game was actually $2 million. Let me correct myself. On that. Oh, God, that's sickening. Yep. Uh, so That's horrifying. So at this point, Blizzard sees the dollar signs, and they get it, which is why they, they're going for a mobile game. But here's the thing. 
they're not even acting from the from the looks of it. NetEase is the one handling all the actual development work on the Yeah, if, if you were Blizzard, why bother? Yeah. So you've got all these different projects, quote unquote, they're working on, and their only announcement was, hey, Diablo Mobile, and it's a new game with new mechanics for stuff you've been asking about in the current game, and it's not going to be available to you in even their current system. It's a slap in the face. Like, it's, it's, and like, it's just bad. Like, you shouldn't, you, first of all, like, I feel, I do kind of feel bad for the developers. It's not, I don't want to say it's their fault because they have higher ups they've got to listen to, unless, you know, or else they'll get fired and someone else does their job. But, like, you gotta, I gotta feel for that guy because he got told, you need to go up there and you need to sell this to people on stage. Like, you have to sell this. And I genuinely think that dude has some sort of panic attack during this whole thing because he was not expecting that reaction and he just didn't know where to go with it. If you watch some of the, like, if you ever find a way to find the panel or the or the opening ceremonies announcement, you can see he just legit doesn't know where to go after the announcement just bombs. Like, I feel bad for the guy. But for Diablo fans, like, you're not going to get everything you want. I get it. But this was just absolutely tone deaf and fucking bad like and i think that's been handled and kind of post its announcement it's it has been allowed to spread in a way that blizzard historically hasn't and it's weird like in a, in past episodes we've talked about kind of what is blizzcon at the end of the day and i think this is maybe the first time you really see the separation of fans think blizzcon's a fan convention blizzard thinks it's their own personally three you know what I know we had this discussion, and yeah. I wanted to feel like it wasn't necessarily like that. Like yeah. I want to hang on to it. This this happening has absolutely converted me to your point of view. And I didn't want to. Like I, I liked the idea of BlizzCon being it's it shouldn't be a marketing event, but BlizzCon is fu- BlizzCon is fucking Blizzard's personally three. Yep, and it absolutely became that. Yeah. There was a panel on the future of Blizzard merchandise. <laughs> that is totally me, E3. Let, that is so let E3. That fucking sink in. I was That's looking at hilarious. the schedule. That's there hilarious. was an enti- let me I'm gonna pull up the time. I think I think it was almost Ooh, an hour and a half. Attend that? No, no. Who? Better question. Could you live stream it? Could I pay money to watch a live stream of a bunch of marketing people go, yeah, so here's how you sell shirts to nerds. You absolutely fucking could. Yes! Hold on, let that's, me find it right now. Hold on, let me scroll down the that's list. That's awful. That's just... That's that's so bad. Oh, that's amazing. From 12.45 to 1.30 p.m. Friday afternoon, you could watch a panel called Blizzard Gear, Past, Present, and Future. Join the Blizzard Gear team and creators from around the company to discover how your favorite Blizzard products are made. You also get a sneak peek on what's in store for 2019. Oh, that's amazing. That was a goddamn panel for BlizzCon. This and that year. you could pay money to watch. Basically, it was buy buy our things. It's a pa- it's it's just an ad panel. It might as well just be a commercial. Well, that's a what 45 minute commercial. You paid for a fucking infomercial is what essentially Oh, happened. that's amazing. I that that <laughs> should be the story to come out of BlizzCon this year. Wow. Like, yo, That's... they had a panel about their merchandise and not like, hey, here's how we design it. No, they had a panel being like, look what we used to sell. Look what we're going to sell. That's that that should be the real story. 
Yeah. That's wow. That's that's yeah. It's pretty much it's it's just their E three now. It's just yeah. It's just I, their E three. I I like I said. I totally. I wanted to still believe it was it was something more, but after that, man, like I don't like even have like they have art panels. They have the voices of Overwatch stuff. Like I love those panels. Like those are great. Like they even have one where they show you oh, no, and, world creation and, on WoW, and you should. But all it takes is that like one tear in the veneer for you to see what's actually going on behind the screen, and you're like, oh shit, they're only doing this Voices of Overwatch thing to be like, yo, you know that game you love playing? Keep playing it. Yeah, and I will say one thing: I did watch the the second Diablo Immortal Q and A panel, and there was this one guy who went on stage. It was like, first of all. I want to apologize to you guys for the way you guys have been treated since the announcement of the immortal and this and that. It's not fair to you guys just because some people are acting like kids. No, fuck you. You don't speak for me. So I just want to throw that out there. I'm sure he'll never hear this, but no, you don't speak for me. If people want to be outraged about it, let them be outraged. As long as they're not physically harming these devs, let them say whatever the fuck they want. You don't speak for me. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, I no, I I think it's, on one hand, Blizzard gets to do whatever the fuck they want. They're the ones making the video games. On the other yeah, hand, no, absolutely. I this is the first real major like I, I typically think of and this is probably not fair and not meant to be an insult, Alex. Like I, I think of the Blizzard fan base as pretty kind of Blizzard says jump and the fan base forces how high kind of situation. This oh, absolutely. Is the, this is very much the first time, at least in recent memory, where that fan base has shown any kind of resistance to going whatever direction Blizzard wanted it to. Yeah. I think the fact that people weren't like, no, like sometimes some genuine outrage will actually change some stuff. Like there has been so much blowback for the current iteration of WoW that like, I I don't actually, I haven't told you about this, but it'll be good. Just kind of stuff to bring up. Blizzard has been sending emails to customers asking what kind of stuff they would like to see changed or modified. And they also have an opt-in for a 15-minute Skype session with some devs to get feedback from you. Wow. That's a choice. That's that's going going pretty far. I mean... That has been going out recently. So if you don't think that the outrage or some of, like, the sub-unsubbing feedback hasn't been making a difference, it absolutely fucking has. Because I don't think they would have ever done this if there wasn't anywhere near the backlash that they've been getting right now. And so I commend them for that, though. I commend them for being like, hey, we want to improve some of the systems. And they have, like, Azerite gear, like, alt-leveling. Like, they have different things you can choose as far as options go. So I give Blizzard absolute fucking credit for, like, hey, saying, hey, we want to hear your thoughts. And they're actually trying in that sense. Like, sending an email and even offering a Skype session, that is huge huge see and i wish i wish that the fans would get this upset about like say well you know not to just wind this back that back but to the red dead redemption 2 you know where you know human lives are being affected people weren't seeing their families you know that stuff and that was kind of registered with a collective sigh like what can we do about this but then you see these this blizzard thing and people are so outraged that Blizzard has to respond. Yeah. I mean, and I do think that there's been enough of the thing about Red Dead Redemption 2 in the news that perhaps it's going to make the company change. 
But I mean, I think, I think it does. Oh, more on like that in a couple minutes. We got off the BlizzCon thing because I don't think that's going to change anytime soon for a very specific reason. But yeah, well, go ahead and finish up there, and then I'll I'll wrap up my BlizzCon Blizzard fun stuff right now. Well, no, it's just it's just you know I'm just saying that yeah, I don't know. I, I just think it's it's a it's a bit much on. But I mean, the thing is. The best way you can ever vote with a company is vote with your wallet. Yeah. And so if yep. you, yeah, if you, like you said, the uh, people unsubbing from their WoW accounts or whatever, or, you know, maybe people getting refunds and stuff or something like that, you know, that might, that might cause them, you know, to pause. And it's good that, you know, Blizzard is already trying to respond to this thing. Yeah. No, and it's, it's, and like, it's actually interesting because I have, I wasn't going to put on the news recently, but there's been a lot of kind of news about people unsubbing from WoW. A couple other things I listen to and follow, people that have been devote WoW players for decades in some cases, or at least like since like very the very beginning of that game. Have they been two decades yet? Uh, I think close to it. Yeah, on close. A long-ass time. Have yeah, like, actually, yeah, it has been. 12 years. Yeah, I, that'd be decade, not decades yet, but yeah, I... But people that have had like subscriptions since the beginning and did not let them lapse ever have been letting them lapse in Battle for Azeroth, and I'm like, that's that is a statement. Yeah, no, and that's the thing; it absolutely has been making a statement. Like, I don't think because, like, also, um, I guess there was recently a thing where uh, the API—I don't know if we discussed this—but there was an API uh, update, and the API was able to get numbers on subscription end dates or inactive kind of like sub since battle for azeroth launched kind of thing and the numbers from that they're not confirmed obviously but it was kind of telling because it said it only had maybe like two million extra subscribers or close to it compared to like the seven and eight million it used yeah. to have back in the day so obviously blizzard came out immediately and told them to take that down um they had said like that those numbers are false but then again, we will never know exactly what the numbers are because as of Warlords of Draenor, Blizzard has never released numbers since. Yeah. They have absolutely stopped releasing numbers since Warlords of Draenor, which was their first big dive in like subscription numbers, so to speak. So we'll never really know what the numbers are right now. But um, yeah, no. Between this combination and all this other stuff going on, I absolutely feel like they're it's kind of like what do they call it? Uh, they're they're on watch right now. Like it's it's telling to say the least. But um, the other day I get it. Blizzard has to make money, so mobile game makes sense because they can make a lot of money for the mobile market. But the way it was handled was dog shit. So yeah, yeah. Um, it was, I think it was felt like Ridge Racer. Yeah, Ridge Racer. Well, that's BlizzCon twenty eighteen for you folks. Um, so yeah, feel free to YouTube uh, April Fool's BlizzCon 2018, and I'm sure you'll find that video of the guy asking, hey, is this some sort of April Fool's joke? And the fact that so many people in the audience cheered after he said that, it was also just fine. So. Yeah. And you know what the sad thing is, though? And I'll just speak from my honest opinion. I'm probably still going to be playing WoW in the meantime. Oh, yeah, they totally have you. Yeah, I, I will openly admit I, I am getting intrigued by Final Fantasy fourteen right now, but as it stands right now, like I log on to just raid and maybe do some quest stuff here and there, and that's it. I don't, 
I don't log in and put in the hours like I used to back in the day. I, I have no reason to. I'm yeah. not willing to pay a monthly fee to play Mo, so I just play a free one. I play Terra myself. I jump in and out of Terra every once in a while. I like the combat. I don't love the Korean MMO aspects of it, though, occasionally. <laughs> that game is microtransaction-y. I do yeah. really like I do really like the, the art style for Final Fantasy XIV. That one's really pretty. Guild Wars 2 isn't bad either. You might dig Terra then. Final Fantasy XIV and Terra have more in common than I think people give them credit for. And mm. Terra kind of has the same combat system of Black Desert, where it's like a kind of like an action game to a certain extent. Like it's the you can play with a controller. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, it's, it basically plays like a third-person perspective sort of action game. To be honest, yeah. As you get you get different powers. I mean, in the back end, if it's very much like other MMOs, but as far as the combat itself, yeah, it's it's live combat. That's that's what I like about it. Also, it's free. Yeah. And and nothing you buy, they're all co- everything is cosmetic. Everything in the game, everything that you can actually buy for the game is cosmetic. And I can respect that. Like if a company comes out and releases a store for pure cosmetics, I totally get that. And like that's a good way to do it because you're not paying to win. Paying to win is how you drive people away really fucking fast, as far as I'm concerned. But I mean, market numbers say otherwise because you have you know whales who will drop two million dollars on shit anyway. yeah i have a flying llama on my account. oh that game is weird it's great <laughs> that game does mounts correctly yeah it has <laughs> the best mount. yo you want a unicorn you want to buy a corn what the fuck's a buy a corn unicorn with two horns you want a car <laughs> we just have cars you can just have a mount that's a car yeah yeah so anyway that is uh Reporting from the BlizzCon front and what has kept me energized to do this podcast, even after playing for 20-something hours. You got your burning vigor up. Yes, it did, and nothing drives me hard. Nothing drives gamers harder to do something than spite and anger. I'm not going to lie. So, when you texted me about the BlizzCon stuff, now you're going to be on the podcast this week despite me, and she's thinking you weren't going to be because Extra Life. I'm like, is he playing WoW while watching BlizzCon and being angry about that? Because that'd be a very <laughs> Alex situation to be like, I'm so angry! Fucking raid! For part of it, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> part of it yeah because <laughs> uh, uh, i was i was because friday friday is the first day and saturday is the second day for blizzcon and the final day and all the initial outrage stuff was all on friday which i was playing wow so yeah your your little your idea and fantasy of what was going on during that time is absolutely i'm gonna log out of diablo 3 right now in protest yeah. oh loot drop <laughs> <laughs> uh. Believe it or not, we actually have more news to cover than just BlizzCon. I'm not sure how the hell we have that, but kind of sticking in this path of um, maybe things change, maybe things don't. Red Dead Redemption made $725 million in two days after it came out. Wow. Congratulations, Rockstar, for creating another Forrest Gump, just crushing it. Like, but at this point, what does Rockstar make that just flops? Like everything that they, they only release a game once every X amount of years, yep. and every time they do it, people are like, "Oh, it's the best thing ever!" And just you know, millions of nerds cream their pants. No, so and uh, uh, rewind half an hour when Henry was talking about how all the outrage that surrounded Red Dead Redemption, seven hundred and twenty-five million dollars made means Rockstar doesn't have to give a 
fuck. They should, but obviously it's like, oh, this outrage! We are so angry! Take my money, but don't tell anyone I paid you for it. I think it's also kind of an important reminder that those who listen to this podcast and those who care about websites that actually keep track of gaming news are a, unfortunately, and maybe kind of at the same time, fortunately, smaller minority in the larger gaming scape than we occasionally want to admit to. Like, it sucks to admit to it, but most people don't care about the kind of labor issues at Rockstar. They should, but they don't, because they want to play that Red Dead, and thinking about it too hard would be complicated. I, I will admit I do feel bad for, like, some of the time that was put in for these guys. And we had actually a pretty lengthy discussion about this in a previous podcast, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, so we've, yeah. It's not a new topic like where it's like, man, you guys made a real cool game that I wish it didn't have this giant kind of dark shadow over it, but like also we have to talk about this. Like We've talked about this now technically three podcasts in a row. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> kind of keep it on the line of games that are stupid successful. Guess what the most successful game of uh, September was? What? De- Destiny 2. Really? It sold huh. more stuff really? than Fortnite and Spider-Man. I guess it was the new, the new expansion yeah, for that. Yeah, that Forsaken's yeah. real good, it turns out. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was watching somebody play, the, the new expansion. That's what made me kind of think, you know what? I think I might actually pay for this, but now that it's going to be free, I'm glad I didn't go through with that, because I'll just get it for free now. Yeah, uh, it's... Yeah. For those curious what it was going up against, the list of kind of top-grossing console games of September 2018 are Destiny 2 at number one, Marvel Spider-Man at two, FIFA 19 at three, Fortnite Battle Royale at four, NBA 2K19 at fifth, FIFA 18, which is, that's weird, FIFA made the list twice, at sixth, Call of Duty World War II at (laughs) seven, Shadows of the Tomb Raider at eight, Grand Theft Auto five, which is just horrifying to think about at nine, and PlayerUnknown's Battleground at ten. Hmm. FIFA making it twice there doesn't surprise me. Grand Theft Auto V still making any top selling list at this point in time is terrible. And yes, I know this is like this is transactions, it's not just the game sales, but like you want to take a step back and talk about a company that's just killing it in the ongoing support, making the money category. It's Rockstar. Like they look at Blizzard and go, ha, you guys actually made a new game. That's cute. Yeah. I mean, they release one game again every X amount of years. (laughs) They can they can afford to like just put in a bunch of support time. You want to get game. real nitpicky? Remember that the last two games Rockstar has released are re-releases of five. Rockstar Grand Theft Auto Five came out on the Xbox 360 and PS3 originally. Oh geez, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit, has that game been out that long? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking a. We think of that game starting at, like, the PC and HD up-res releases. Nah, I played through all of Grand Theft Auto V on the Xbox 360. Wow. I think. That sounds right, yeah. Oh. Wow. Okay. Wow. But yeah, I think, I think <laughs> well, well, you know, I think there's one way that Rockstar could probably ruin its run of sort of best-selling great games and good news. Uh, Red Dead Redemption Mobile. Yeah, that that's what the fans wanted. That that seems like that that's something that would actually that would actually be the thing they could do to make everybody hate them. And then they they put together a Rockstar Con, and then they announce it at the con. Yeah. After a dry spell of the franchise for maybe about two three years. It, it's Red Dead Redemption Two, a uh, puzzle crasher. 
Oh yeah, I like. Okay, because I, I just want to remind us all this. We all feel real old. When do you think? When do you think Grand Theft Auto Five originally came out? Oh God, uh, twenty fifteen. September seventeenth, two thousand thirteen. Wow. Get the fuck out of here! So five years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Think about all the shit that's happened between when Grand Theft Auto Five and Red Dead Redemption came out. We've had what? Um. Wow. Two elections, maybe one. Uh, depending on that thing was situated, two potentially, yeah. Yeah, I think like a midterm and maybe like a yeah, yeah, midterm and a presidential election. Yeah. yeah so we've had two elections. What else have we had? Um, the Olympics. The, Hadron, the Olympics have happened. Uh, the, the census is coming up. Jeez. Yeah. At least like 2013. Yeah. Like nine iPhones have come out since then. Yeah, <laughs> two Windows operating systems. You know, normal stuff. Wow. Yeah, that's that's some. Yeah, that's. It's it's funny because it's some of these games that just, I guess maybe just due to their size, they just have such longevity. And you know, being a AAA game with a lot of marketing behind it in the first place. Yeah. 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 What next? Um, we finally have a full list of what's going to be on the PlayStation Classic. The games, yeah, are, yeah, the games are Battle Arena, Toshinden, Cool Borders Two, Destruction Derby, Final Fantasy Seven, Grand Theft Auto, the original, Intelligent Cube spelled with a Q because reasons, Jumping Flash, Metal Gear Solid, Mister Driller, Odd World, Abe's Odyssey, Rayman, Resident Evil Director's Cut, Revelation, Persona, the original Persona. That's a Interesting choice. Ridge Racer Type 4, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, Siphon Filter, Tekken 3, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six, Twisted Metal, and Wild Arms. See, now they need uh, the, the dude to come out and with Ridge Racer. Yeah, that's like Ridge Racer 2, though, I think, or something. Yeah, well, it's Type 4. Maybe it's the fourth? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, but one of them is specifically the Ridge Racer game. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not an aficionado of the series. I'm sure there's there's probably a GeoCities website devoted to it. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I. the general reaction to the list has been that there are, like, the fact that it's Metal Gear Solid 1 and not, not sorry, not Twisted Metal 1, not Twisted Metal 2, where it's like, no, there's a better version of the same game on that same console. Yeah. Has been kind of the major story out of this, where it's like, okay, we can play Wild Arms easily now. Cool. There are some games that are iconic that are missing, though. Yes. Yeah. Spyro. Like, Spyro, well, That's for getting sure. an HD re-release in a couple weeks. Yeah. That's Tomb Raider. Fun. I get that one. That's another, like, classic PlayStation staple. Yes. Um, I know they're releasing a remake for Symphony of the Night, so I get that. So they won't have Castlevania yeah. Symphony of the Night. That did not go over well. That's out. That did not do well, apparently, with people. Really? Yeah. That's a little disappointing. It's a pr apparently pretty bare bones. Like, it's just a re-release. There's nothing else going on. And you could get the re-release for the PS3, if I'm correct. I, I, part of me is pretty convinced this is the second re-release for the PS4, even. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing is, it's just Konami has nothing else to release now because they don't do yeah. games. So, I mean, if you, want, if you want Symphony of the Night, pick up Bloodstained. Yeah. I mean, well, when it eventually comes or out. Or what's it called? Um, 
uh, there's a game that's making the rounds right now. People were big fans of I. Uh, Axiom Verge? No, it's it's newer than that. I'm, I've not played it yet. It was really popular. It had a controversial thing where someone pirated the review for it for IGN. I, I'm blanking what? off the name. Dead Cells. Dead Cells, Dead Cells. yes. Yeah, Dead Cells. I, I actually already have the pre-order set up for Bloodstained. I have that E3 demo I haven't tried yet, but I should. Um, and, they, and they have the Bloodstained uh, 8-bit style game out as well. Yeah. Which apparently plays really fucking well. Yeah, I've seen I've seen only good things good things told about it. I saw somebody play it as well. Yeah, but yeah. So I mean, yeah, if, yeah. I guess if you want, you know, Symphony of Night, just just get that. There are alternatives it's done out by there. The same, it's done by the dude. Yeah. You know, by... yeah. <laughs> also, I'm looking on this list here. No Ace Combat. That's another great I... PlayStation. Game. Oh wow. yeah, that's a that's a big missing one, and that's what this this one is missing. It's missing a sort of a sim game like that oh i mean yeah that actually yeah yeah i mean it has ridge racer but i mean yeah i think that's that's pretty iconic i know a lot of people who are big of the ace combat series in general yeah i'm looking I mean, at the list that some other people are putting out no chrono cross breath of fire I, xeno gears i don't wow. make the list guys i oh i know i know i'm just kind of looking over some of the stuff here but but and some of these are kind of questionable. It's like, but I kind of see why they might be able to add them. They're probably cheap licenses. Well, all right. Intel, Intelligent Cube, Jumping Flash, Destruction Derby. Those aren't. None of those are really terribly memorable. They weren't really well. But liked. hey, we're getting Cool Borders too. Yeah, oh, no, we're Cool not. Borders Two is a, is is a, is a good. Ballerina uh, Toshinden. The fighting games on the PlayStation, that's not the one that I would choose. I mean, Tekken 3 is obviously the much better Ballerina yeah. Shinden. That game didn't age well when it came out. No. That, that was a terrible game when it came well, out. Well, so and I think we talked about this when this thing got announced, is this is the start of that era of video games that did not age super well. Like It's this and the Nintendo 64 have the awkward situation of, hey... A lot of things that are very similar to these games exist now, and they are a lot better. Yeah. But, oh yeah, I I, I saw somebody mention Final Fantasy Tactics. I I would have liked to see that game on there, but they already have 7 on there, yeah. so I mean... I, Tactics is my favorite of the entire Final Fantasy series. But at the same time, if you're going to pick a Final Fantasy for the PlayStation... like pick just the base, iconic yeah, one. Yeah, pick the one that people are like, you should remake that game. We're already no, you should remake that game right now. See, I, I own that. I That's the reason I bought a PlayStation is Final Fantasy VII. So I, I hear, that, hear that. And they're still going to be asking for re-releases of that fucking game after it comes yeah. out on next-gen consoles. Like, well, this new new console... Where's Final Fantasy VII? What if Cloud's hair was extra hair? Yeah. So that yeah. game is that that game is forever stuck in like lore. Of it's video not games. even the best Final Fantasy game. Odd World is a great. I'd say Odd World is a great addition. Yes, That's... but you can also play that on most mod. I I know PS3 and Xbox 360 both have re-releases of that game. Like they remade yeah. that game at one point. Hell, like. Yeah. Munch's Odyssey, the sequel to one of the Abe, that one of the Oddworld games, was a launch game for the Xbox, the original one. But oh, what would you say? What would you say is a hidden gem that you would put on the list? Not because it's popular, but because you think it's a sort of a 
Honest, Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver. That's PS2. Mm, that's good. That says that's the issue. I think that's a PS2 game. And no. Are you sure? No, no, no. The first one isn't. Okay. The first, first one Soul on Reaver is a PS1 game. Are you yep. sure? Yep. The Positive. second one. The second one came out on the next the next generation after that. But no, the first Soul Reaver game is for the PlayStation One. No, that's fair. Yeah, I. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's the I have such a hard time keeping track of what's PS1 versus PS2 because. I played a bunch of my PS1 games on a PS2. Mm-hmm. Ah. I don't know. I, I don't think I ever actually. No, I didn't. I didn't. I never owned an original PS1. But because you could play PS1 games on a PS2, I went back and played a bunch of those games. So I could not tell you what was a PS1 game at this point in my life. Mm. <laughs> Just kind of all melts together. Yeah. One big memory. Well, also, like, it's the what's a hidden gem from that time frame? I'm like, I don't know. The Jack and Daxter games, those are PS2, definitely, and okay. yeah, it's like, I, I don't, it. I really strongly believe, like, it's the, the PS2 is a monumentally important thing in the history of video games, there's very little that's sacred on it, though, just because it's like, it, half of that console exists prior to joysticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and 3D with a D-pad was bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had tank, you are stuck with tank control. Yeah for a long time. Yep. But yeah, uh, I would say uh, Deception. Yeah, maybe. Tecmo Deception. That's It's just because it's so different, such a different kind of perspective. Yeah, but I also like it's uh, the, that's definitely a game I think that's been done a couple times since then and better. So it's not necessarily a hidden gem. It's like at the time it was this big deal. Really? I can't think of other games where you just set up traps as opposed to attacking directly. I mean, that's, yeah, that's. I really can't. Wait, wait. Think we've we've game. played the sequels to this game on an extra life stream. That is true. I mean, it has some great sequels. Yes, but they, they were traps. Um, like this was this week. Like, we played this two years ago. I think the year Jeff was out here for Extra Life at like two a.m. in the morning. We were playing. It's Deception. It was like Deception Five or something, and it's just right. that like domino effect trap game. Like it's it's a cool game, but this these they're still making sequels to this game even. And they're That's just true. and they're That's just true. as weird and fetishy as the first one was. Yeah, they. Yeah, I'd say. Uh, other than that, I would have put Tenchu on here. Was Tenchu play I, again? It's like it goes back to. The, I don't know if Tenchu was PS one. Oh, oh yeah, Ten, the first one. Yeah, yeah, Tenchu. Both the first and second were PS. No, maybe. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you know what? Yeah, know Tenchu. What I know? Tenchu okay. was one of my favorite games. Um, I had the one. Had the I had the version of it. Where I have the version of it where you can actually make your own levels as a level editor. Huh. But, but yeah, the yeah, I I was a big fan of the Tenchu system, so I would have liked to have seen that. Just because also ninjas. I like ninjas. Yeah. Where's Armored Core, boys? Mm. Ooh. Where's Bloody Roar? Exactly where they belong. Not oh. on that list. I Fuck love that. those Bloody games. Was... They are bad games. <laughs> Bloody Roar, just to have it on the PlayStation Classic would have been great. Oh, Bloody Roar is such a bad game. It's a shitty oh, game, it's... but God, it would have been... <laughs> you turn into an animal! Isn't that cool? No! It's way it's... better than Toshinden, though. It's the first furry fighting game. Yes. Fight me. Fight me in emails. Yeah. It's, it's, no, you totally have uh, a persona in that persona. Yeah. You totally on that persona. note, let us move on to other news. <laughs> We've reached that point. We ha- we have to move on, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Did you two catch the um, Fallout 76 beta bug this week? Uh, Don't have the game. I did not experience it because actually I forgot to mention that's a game I played yesterday for Extra Life. Ah. It was the 76 beta. So were you playing on a console or on your PC? Uh, PC. Did you encounter the glitch where the game, as part of playing the game, would uninstall itself then re-download itself into Infinity? <laughs> nope. Yeah. Luckily, it was already fixed by the time I Yeah, it. so it's, it's been fixed since now, as Alex just said. But there was a glitch in the PC version where, as part of playing the game, you could trigger that the game would delete its 50 gig install and self from your computer and then automatically re-download it and keep doing this over and over till you stopped it. Not a major thing for a beta, but if you live in a country with a data cap, that's pretty fucking shitty. Yeah. Mm. And, like, here's the thing, and this is where kind of a little bit my bias against Bethesda at this point comes out. This is exactly what I expected from Bethesda, given their overall technicality in games. Like, the fact this wasn't happening sooner, it's like, oh, this is a big deal. Like, no, it's really not. This is exactly what I thought would happen. Maybe not Mm. exactly this, but, like, the fact that you had some weird game-breaking glitch in a game from a franchise that's full of bizarre game-breaking glitches that have been on par with this is not weird anymore. Mm. Shouldn't be there, but not weird. Speaking of shouldn't be there, the uh, Smash community was in uproar this past week because of the Grinch (laughs) leaks that turned out to be fake as shit. (laughs) Uh. Oh, man, I saw that. I, I watched the trailer uh, for the announcement. First of all, can I just say the trailer for that new, like, light mode? Yeah. Or the adventure mode is fucking yes. amazing. So, uh, to, to take a step back for a sec, we have gotten our final Nintendo Direct prior to Smash Bros. release. They detailed mm-hmm. that Kirby is the main character of the Super Smash franchise, as he always has been and always should have been. And it's got come with a kind of a full... it. it Describing it like kind of a Mario Party slash real story mode feels disingenuous, but it's kind of the look they're going for. It looks fucking huge. The roster is massive. Our last two additions are Ken, who's an Echo Fighter, and who's the other one that got sh- that got popped up as part of that? Oh, Incineroar. Which Incineroar. Is Pokemon, I, guess? Who I am fucking excited for because he was the best new Pokemon in the most recent ga- in the recent which, game. By the way, I don't know if you saw, but in the trailer for Incineroar, um, he flexes every time he hits a player with a move. Yeah. And he can summon ropes, so he can do, like, a lariat, and, like, it's like a wrestler's dream. Yeah, so... It's uh, awesome. So, in the game, like, they have the um, X-Factor moves, where you, like, the, the super moves that's... Uh, his X-Factor, he, like, summons a demonic ring and pile drives people into it. He's fucking mm-hmm. awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, I... As far as Pokemon go, he is, like, he's up there my favorites of, like, you're dumb, you're like Pika Libre dumb, and that's amazing. Yeah. It, it, the, the new, like, I also like Ken. Ken looked really good. Like, he has enough stuff that makes him unique, because I guess he's based off the Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Yeah. Ken, so he's got a lot of really flurry, fun kicks and whatnot. But he's got two supers, or two, you know, Smash Ultimates, which is pretty cool, um, which are also based off of the ones from Turbo. And... This is just a little hint or little thing that I thought was kind of funny that people were talking about. The Ken in the Smash Brothers game looks better than the Ken in Street Fighter V. Yeah, people are full of shit on that <laughs> one, but that's just personal opinions. Like, that's more, <laughs> they don't like how Ken looks in Street Fighter V, which I get. Like, oh, it looks better. I'm like, no, you just like the style more. I get it, but like, no, this, this does not look as good as Street Fighter V does. No, the Ken 
designed for yes that's design i i I will give them that that's a they like that design more graphically it does not look better Eh, i will agree to disagree with you on that one. i like new ken personally but (laughs) but yeah so um they announced that and then they're like oh well hold on we've got one more character for you guys oh is it waluigi is it gino is it all these wonderful characters? People were like, yeah, it's going to happen. It's time, boys. Nah, it's Piranha Plant. Yep, Piranha Plant, who fights in a pot. It's fucking great. So, and this all kind of comes on the heels of the aforementioned Grinch leak, which I'm not yeah. going to go into why it's called the Grinch leak. It's real dumb and stupid and reminds you that people are bad at keeping secrets, even if it's their job, too, but... The list of I actually don't know the reference. If you can fill me in, on okay. That. So the leak, as best pe- as best as I understand the story, and do not c- bother correcting me on this one. I don't care, and it definitely doesn't matter anymore because it's been proven to be false. Was uh, I think it was a I think it was a four chan post contained a bunch of very viable sounding alternative characters for Smash, and they were Shadow the Hedgehog, Banjo Kazooie, Isaac from Golden Sun, Ken, Mock Rider from Mock Rider, Gino and Chorus Kid from Rhythm Heaven. None of these are that far in left field. Like they all, they, all of them on hype, on theory, makes sense. Even like you go back to the fact that Phil Spencer got asked on Twitter, hey, would Microsoft let Banjo-Kazooie be on a Nintendo console? And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Don't care. <laughs> yeah. So it's called The Grinch Leak, and again, like, please don't correct me on this, but it's a weird-ass story as it is. There was some printing pictures that came out, and... It wasn't clear where they came from, but it was that kind of that long, everyone's in it shot. It looked very official, and in the background, it was from a printing house of some kind, I think in France, or some or some part of that the world, somewhere uh, in those parts, and it had a picture like the fucking Grinch in the background or something, too. Like, it's the, these are bizarre zoom-in photos of zoom-in photos and stuff, and it's all kind of messy. Huh. But they've been proven to be totally false, so... What you gonna well, do? Well, not entirely. They did have Ken. Yeah, but also, like, reality is you take a step back and look at, okay, we're doing Echo Fighters now. Who would you add in as an Echo Fighter that would make people hype as shit because you have Ryu already? Ken. Oh, Ken, obviously, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I saw that one. Yeah, like, I, it's... I, I think once Nintendo stops being Nintendo about it, they will add Waluigi as an Echo Fighter of Luigi. Possibly. I'm intrigued. I don't know. I... I, I personally love the fact they're like, nah, fuck Waluigi. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm cool with this. Yeah. No, I, 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 my favorite addition is still Isabel. I, I think that's the best. Yeah. Thing. Like, the part I found sad was they showed off, like, uh, fucking Shanty for Shantae, how you pronounce her name, from, like, those Genie games, shows up in the direct as, like, a support character or something. I'm like, man, she'd have been a cool Smash character. Actually, she would make a lot more sense. I mean, she already has sort of a fighting yeah. set, so... Yes. Nah, I... Yeah. There's gonna be five DLC characters coming in the near future. It's like 25 bucks or six bucks a piece piecemeal. Uh, we'll see what that winds up meaning. It looks like Nintendo's gonna support at least Smash for a couple years after it comes out, which is a smart move on their part, unlike previous DLC plans. But we'll see. Coming next month, I think, at this point. Yeah, yeah, next month. Just about. Yeah. Next up on lighter news, they're making another fucking Bubsy game. 
Nobody asked for that. No one did. We're getting another Bubsy game, though. Well, good job, Nintendo. Bubsy Paws on Fire is a trailer you can watch. It exists. It most certainly does. You know Bubsy, that fan favorite character no one has ever forgot and was clamoring for a release of? Mm-hmm. It's back. Yay. Question, did you ever play Bubsy 3D? Oh, yeah. I've, I've played many of these Bubsy games, and they're all terrible. They're all awful. Like I haven't played the new one that came it's out. It's like, real like, bad. Last year? Okay, well, well, great. They're keeping with the tradition. I, yeah. This one has different characters you can play as that all, I think, play the same, and there might be four players, so... Yeah, but it's coming to Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and PC. And I'm assuming Xbox, but I'm not seeing it on the announcement list. Mm-hmm. Motherfucking Bubsy. So many things people want, and you give us Bubsy. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, nobody asked for that. Nobody wanted that. Nobody asked for that. But you know what? They're probably going to put him in Smash. Oh, that that would make me so happy. That would be fucking <laughs> hilarious. That, that that would make me be like, you know, maybe Smash is an okay game, actually. It's got fucking Bubsy in there. The hero that so, franchise deserves. This is how it's going to go down. Four DLC characters have released so far. Waluigi has nowhere to be found. The fifth Nintendo Direct with the fifth DLC character is coming up. The trailer shows off the Mario Kingdom. People are hyped. They think it's Waluigi. Hello, Bubsy. New character for the Smash Brothers. Yeah. And that's how it's going to go down. Big reveal. Yep. And the crowd goes mild. I think it's where the, the crowd just stands up and walks out in unison. Like, no one's <laughs> shoving. Just, like, everyone goes, we know what we have to do. It just stands up and peacefully lines up and walks out of the room. No one says anything. Yep. Nobody says anything <laughs> about it afterward. Bubsy's immediately counterbanned at every major fighting game event. <laughs> yep. It turns out the character's stupid OP. Yeah, it's it's just, it's beyond broken. It's the new Bayonetta. Oh, that, that would be amazing. That would be the best. I'd laugh at that. Yeah. But yes. Good job, Nintendo. Yeah. Crushing it. Last but not least on our news this week, we have some Ubisoft Counter-Strike Siege news. Um, are either of you playing that these days? Nope. I go back every once in a while because it's not bad. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, continuing their push towards global domination with Siege, which is going on. There's nothing you can do to stop it, so deal with it. Uh, Ubisoft has announced they're going back and depending on how you choose to react to this, either cleaning up or censoring certain parts of what Siege was previously. And by this, I mean to make it more acceptable to the Chinese and kind of general Asian markets for gaming. They're removing references to Sex, video, uh, blood, violence, alcohol, and gambling. And this shows up in some real entertaining stark contrast where they'll have like a a wall scroll on a wall. That the, the the scroll remains the same. They're just taking the blood splatter off of it. Yeah. Or they're changing kind of a pole dancer sign from a pole dancer sign to a scantily lady hand sign. Still a neon sign, but yeah, they're they're also removing like uh, slot machines from bars and stuff like that. I. On one hand, I don't care about this. It's their game. They can do whatever the hell they want. On the other hand, if you're going to change this now, why was it in the game in the first place? Like, if you're embarrassed about it now, why was it there, guys? 
it's because they want to penetrate the market. Yes, and I, I get that, but it's also a, like, if removing this news changes nothing about the game except makes it more sellable, why'd you have it in there in the first place? Because this is often either removals or slight changes as opposed to, like, oh, we got to redo this. Uh, well, I'll just I'll chime in here a little bit because um, for those of you who don't know, and it's just kind of reference this whole thing, it's very much a culture thing, and I don't think oh, yeah, no. expecting it to sell as much. At first, I think their part, their main audience first was like American market. I'm not confused. Now that that's done, yeah, I'm not confused why we're doing this, but it's one of those ones where it's the they are going back and, in some cases, pretty drastically changing some things to specifically aim at a market they're trying to get into. Which, oh, okay. and it's not it's not just for that market; it's all of the market. Like it, they're changing in all of the areas of this game. It's not just the Chinese release. It's going to be what what I have on my computer right now will change to match these new standards. Which doesn't matter, but it's an interesting choice. I know WoW does that too. Yeah. They, they have the Chinese client of WoW is totally different from the US one. Well, like you have Korean Destiny too. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. It's got a whole microtransaction thing you can buy exotics through, if I remember correctly. Ah, uh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, there was a bunch of debate about what the world first stuff for um, the raid, if that would be accepted at... Like, was the um, Korean version acceptable as a world first competitor because of the item shop? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That does it for news this week. And as we like to do whenever we have a new person on the podcast, we have to give them a chance to kind of explain who they are. And if Henry decides to join us next week, we'll get to go into that more in depth, I think. But I thought it'd be fun for this week just because Henry is the staunchest PC gamer I know, not in a bad way, just in a diehard devote fuck you all casual peasant gamers on your consoles approach. He said something very strange to me the other day, which was, I want to play Spider-Man. And that's our main topic this week. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it takes a lot for me to... I, I Alright, so I stopped buying consoles because I started wanting just really, really nice computers because I do dev work. I mean, I'm a programmer. And so I kind of need a really top-of-the-line computer, and I only have so much budget. I only have so much money. And so it's like I can either have a super nice computer or I could buy a couple of consoles. And for me, it's just it's become more of a practical thing. But now it's like even on the cheaper consoles, even on something like a Wii or a DS or, you know, just anything a bit cheaper, I still balk on that. But Spider-Man is the first game I've seen that made me think, you know what, I I think I that would make me want to buy a PS4. Yeah, and uh, my jokes aside, we've talked about in the past that like Alex is a bit more of a PC loyalist than I am at the end of the day, and I kind of like it to be easy because I'm lazy. And so, and kind of think, in broader senses, what is it about Spider-Man? I guess like that's that game has been a big deal this uh, year in a variety of ways. Like it's the it's a good game, don't get me wrong, we talked about it a bunch on this podcast, but like, of all the games to look at it and go that, why Spider-Man? Alright, so, one thing, Spider-Man is probably, probably my favorite superhero. Okay. I respect him the most because he's the one who has it generally the worst. As far as the sort of major story of him, he's, he's poor, he doesn't have the support of the town, it's he doesn't have a good job. I mean, he has it very hard and yet manages to be 
the moral one, to be the one that really stands by what he believes in. And so I have a lot of respect for Spider-Man as a character because of that. That's I believe that that's the most that's even more heroic, you know, than, you know, if you're an Avenger, you have like this all this nice equipment. You have your own super technological house, you have the support of like the government essentially. But if you're Spider-Man, you have none of the above. And but all the same responsibilities as all those super rich having an easy superhero. But the game itself seems to capture what it means to be Spider-Man. It really seems to capture a lot of just just the everyday thing of, you know, him taking pictures or him like posing with people or just saving people. I mean, it's an open world game with Spider-Man and you get to do the Spider-Man things like you actually get to be your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And they even stand by his sort of, you know, like, you can't really kill villains. If you try to toss one off of a building, you automatically just web them to the side of it. And I think it just, I it seems like it really captures the sense of it. It looks fun. It looks genuinely fun just to play the game and go around in the world. And you know, who hasn't wanted to swing around on the web and, you know, go around town like that? It just, it looks amazing. No, and you're you're absolutely right. That that game is exactly to it, more or less what you describe. It's a lot of fun. Like it's the like like Red Dead. I like getting around in that game where it's like it's just fun to go from point A to point B. Which in that case, like the web swimming is the best part of that game. I think I said in the past, like that game gets worse when you're not web slinging, which is definitely something. But so like it's the I'm not sure kind of like it's the on like a scale of like one to a hundred I'm buying it after I get off this podcast which I suspect you're not at obviously like did Spider-Man actually kind of, kind of I guess push you up on that scale that much that you're like okay yeah it's that, that's it's a good game don't get me wrong but other good games have happened like this is the year of God of War Horizon Zero Dawn happened I think it was like last year maybe even this year technically I lose track of things like it's this is not the first kind of really good console exclusive to come out and the idea of console exclusives are that they sell the consoles. But, like, I guess, is it really just, like, you love Spider-Man that much? It's like, okay, fuck it, maybe. It's more of a, I guess, a sort of a tipping point. Yeah, I like Spider-Man that much. But, I mean, now seeing that the PS4 actually has a certain amount of games that, well, exclusives, that is, that would make me think, you know what, maybe I should I should get a console. Sure. It's just, it's more of a tipping point, I'd say. Of Like, but it would take... A very very excellent game to be a real tipping point like that. So I'm I'm definitely closer now than I have been. I don't know if I will now. Well, so going down the um, what's the right word for it? The kind of dev path for it. You know that the debug mode, the dev mode for the PS4 is now enabled on retail copies, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious if that's kind of part of your consideration for it. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's another thought of it. I mean, it it'd be nice to do sort of. Stuff. <laughs> oh god, it stopped working! Yeah, and it crashed my PS4 like I crashed my computer every time. Alright, so I was just playing a game yesterday, and yeah, of course I, I caused it to crash because that's apparently what I always do to games. Like, I, I have, I kind of have a history of this of playing a game. I was playing Squids from Space, and it just, it just crashed. Because I was like, oh well, I, I guess I'm done. That's finished. And we're done. I've beaten the game. You crash it. I've beaten the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've 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 done a lot of... Th- this time, at least, it wasn't on stream. 
I tend to crash games on screen <laughs> a lot too. Oh, oh yeah, it's fantastic. I've I've done it many times now. Do you kill your stream as part of it, or like is it a is it a compute computer crash, or is it just a like just the usually game? it's just the, just the game crash. Usually, you don't manage to crash the entire screen stream. But yeah, it's yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's the thing. One one interesting thing is though, I haven't managed to crash a console. I've never crashed a console. So that's that's something on my. Well, that's just that's list. just time and effort, man. Give you enough time, and you'll find a way. I've done that even. <laughs> Life finds a way. Life finds a way, indeed. Well, so I, you offer an interesting perspective to this podcast because you kind of had to have a outside looking in on this topic, like. Of the last couple of years, like what are the other games that stood out to you as like, man, I wish that would come to PC, and they didn't ultimately. Um. Well, I guess you know some of the the Red Dead Redemption. Sure. You know, like, yeah, it'd be nice if we had those. I, it's probably worth jumping and mentioning. Like, there's a bunch of hints out that that is going to come to PC eventually. Really? That's one of that's the one where they pretty much kind of tend <sighs> to say no, we're never bringing the original game. Red Dead isn't. Red Dead Redemption. There was some. There was some data mining that went into like an app or something that has weird mentions to a PC module. And like, if you want to get real cynical for a sec, let's jump back to GTA Five. GTA Five was never coming to the PS to the PC, and then it came to the Xbox One and the PS4, and then it came to the PC. The reality is like, whatever the next console generation is, is gonna get Red Dead Redemption Two, and then. Probably the PC will as part of that be my guess. Mm-hmm. It's the Skyrim effect where it's fucking sold as many times as possible because people will buy that shit. Yeah, and it's just I'm glad that the PC market like re reinvigorated because for a while there during the PlayStation times, essentially the PC market shrunk quite a bit. Yeah. Well, essentially, especially since the PlayStation One really changed the game on consoles. PS2 even more so because there were people buying that simply because it was also a, a DVD, DVD player, player, yeah. And so, yeah, and it's yeah, it it's yeah, it's it is interesting. Yeah, the PS1 came out and really changed the face of everything. And so, but then with Steam, Steam essentially caused and well, having Unity and Unreal Engine and very easy to use tools out there to make games. We saw this absolute explosion in games essentially really since steam started steam came out and started just made a a much easier centralized marketplace for now i think there's also an aspect to it of like the last 10 years have been really good for pc gaming because prior to that it was very possible to buy a pc game and then spend three days getting it to work oh yeah yeah yeah, good, good luck on that. Yeah, like, good I, luck on support. I, I went the weird path where it was like, I initially was a PC gamer and just got sick of it. Like, I want to play this game. Okay, find this driver. No, I'm not going to do that. I'll just wait. When will the internet tell me how to fix this bullshit? <laughs> yeah, but now that's kind of yeah. like changed. Now it's pretty, everything's pretty seamless. I mean, even if you're not, if you're buying it on any of the online Good old game. Yeah. Whatever, you know, Microsoft Store, oh, yeah, no, it, Ubisoft Store, whatever. They're all, now it's just, 
the game's gonna work. Yeah, and yes, it, it has to work. And beyond that, it's now a like, hey, we, when you launch into this game, it goes, oh, there's an update. Let me download that for you automatically, as opposed to going like, yeah, go to the sheet, go to this like weird website we dump all that stuff onto, try and get the right file, install that, write a boot driver quickly, and run that, and then you can play the game. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah, and that that seems to be kind of done. Though I will say this because now, in a lot of ways, consoles are so similar to just a sort of a limited use yeah. PC in the way that they work in general. Now it's like you just download games to your console, yep, and then uh, day zero bug fixes for your console. Yeah, back in the day, we just got our games and. That was it. No, uh, no, you know, no. Our console games, there is, there's no chance to update them or to bug fix. It's just what you got was what you got. Yeah, what is it? Um, eh, that that animal like space station game. It was on the Nintendo 64. Is unbeatable in certain prints of that game because of a glitch that just like, it didn't get fixed for a long ass time. <laughs> but yeah, yeah the like, funny thing is there are different versions of games for some consoles. So I mean, there is that is the thing that was that did happen. There are multiple yeah, it's the infamous. Um, very... Like I think my favorite one is the infamous like satanic music in Ocarina of Time thing for a while. Real? Oh, I. Didn't uh, know it's about the, that. Uh, satanic's maybe the wrong word. That was like how was that was the original thing around because people were dumber back then. But in <laughs> certain versions of Ocarina of Time, if I remember correctly, there was and that game trailers are now defunct. Website had a great series on this stuff. Uh, there was kind of it would sound like Islamic chanting, right, from a prayer thing, and I think it was the fire temple or something, and because people uh, didn't know what the fuck it was then, they thought it was like some weird satanic thing got slipped into the game. Obviously, it wasn't, but like part of the mystique of it was, I think it was certain versions and earlier had it, and certain versions and later had had it replaced with something else, and it wasn't a big deal, but it was one of those things where like, ah, yeah, this is a thing. But yeah, it was it was the. In that case, it was the first time I had encountered, like, oh, shit, this is, like, version 2 of the same game for a console. Yeah, for a console. Yeah. That was, yeah, back in the day, that was in a very, very rare thing. Now it's all game. Expect, like, as soon as you download the game, you're going to be downloading an update. I, I, went to, I went to digital on my game console because it makes the downloading of patches easier. Where it's like, oh, is it a day one thing? Yeah. You don't have to put the disc anymore. I had to... I, I put Call of I Call of Cthulhu was the first physical game I've bought in like almost a year and a half at this point. Ooh, I'm like, right, I have to put this in my console now. How do I do that again? <laughs> There's a place on this console to put things in it. What's that? It's in one of the grooves. It turns out. <laughs> yeah, no, I. Yeah, but it would take it, it. Yeah, it would take something. I I don't know what would push me over the edge at this point to actually buy a console, but it takes something pretty big. It just I don't. I don't see use for consoles. It just seems like a a less useful computer to me. Yeah, like you can't. They they don't even really make keyboards for them. So it's oh, they do, but they're to, very hard to get. Yeah, so it's not. Yeah, they're, they're very hard to get and or very expensive. And so it's like I'd rather just have my PC that does everything, including game development and other things. I want yeah. To yeah. Do. No, my my jokes aside, your stance makes all the sense in the world. It's just it's the the phrase I'm thinking about. I I, I want to play Spider Man. It's like, oh shit, he even knows who the PS4 is. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, the last console I owned was a Dreamcast. Yeah, 
Oh, that's 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 why you don't like consoles anymore. You're just doing a Dreamcast. Yeah. yeah. I love my Dreamcasts. Dreamcasts are the, are the shit. I, they're they're so good. I love the Dreamcast in theory. I played a Dreamcast recently enough to remember I don't love the Dreamcast at all. It has great games on it, though. It like, did. That controller, though, is something a lot of people have chosen to actively forget about. Really? I kind of like the controller. Uh, Maybe it's a hand size issue. I don't know. I Every time I hold that, I'm like, I, I feel like I was trying to like, cram my hands into a lunchbox. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a weird one. And I could have used, like, dual analog controls on it. Yeah, it has that probably would have it's got that screen things. in the center. Yeah, the VMU. That nothing but, used. Yeah, I, 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 but yeah, that's the last console I own. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I kind of haven't bought a console since. Yeah, sure. Um, other games to make me think that um, uh, the Metroid, the the Metroid. All oh, the remake. Prime ones. Yep. Or no, well, just the Metroid remake that came out for the Switch. Oh, fair. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, <clears throat> which they had been sitting on for a while. And then, well, I guess you probably know the whole legal kerfuffle with the, somebody had made a fan version of a remake for Metroid. Yeah. And then there's, you know, the season two of that. And then they come up because apparently they're coming out with their own. Um, that uh, Blaster Master Zero made, also makes me want to buy a Switch. And of course, like the, the newest Zelda game also makes me want to buy a Switch. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's things making you want to pick up some, like the console. And I think. Honestly, I might be more apt to pick up a Switch than a than one of the other consoles simply because the Switch has more than one purpose. Like you can consider the portable system too. Yeah, no, that's that's the big sell of it. I, hey, Alex, a while back you were kind of contemplating getting a Switch. Did you ever wind up doing anything with that, or is it still kind of on the eh maybe list? Um, it's on the to do list after I finish putting together the living room. Gotcha. I'm getting a TV, so. It is going to happen, though, because I do definitely want to get a Switch because I want to play the new Smash Brothers. Um, so I will be getting a Switch. It's just a matter of when. Sure. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to get a Switch or not. Because, but the thing is, the funny thing is, the, the exact reason I get it is probably the same reason a lot of people don't. I like the gimmickiness. I like that's like if I'm going to buy a piece of hardware that's computer-ish but not a computer. I want that piece of hardware to do something special. It wants to like, really not I, be a con- it wants to really not be a PC at that point. Yeah, and so because it's just like a PS4, the Xbox One, they are just slightly modified PCs that you can't do normal PC stuff. Sure. On. The Switch is this its own super unique, strange console, and that's that's what would draw me. No, nah, sure. Yeah, it really is. It really is just a sense that it's just so different from it. I would want something that's different from my PC, different enough from my PC that I have a reason to use it. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I not if I bought a PS4, I'm not even sure how often I would use it. Yeah, I just have I have so many games on Steam. Oh my gosh, my Steam queue is crazy. There's games on there that I haven't played. That's normal for people, though. I think at this point, like I. I have games on my Switch. I don't remember buying even. I'm like, when did that show up? I didn't pay money for that. Yeah, some of these games, I don't even necessarily remember buying them in the first place. Like this, all right, I'm looking at one here. I, I don't, I don't remember. It must have been a part of a pack that I bought. That's that's how bad it is. I'll I'll buy a humble bundle and not even 
remember exactly what all was in the bundle. Well, yeah, because you're buying the Humble Bundle for, like, two games, and it's like, oh, it comes with 20 others, and you're like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Fuck it, whatever. Yeah, uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, unless anyone's got anything more meaningful to say on this, we want to move on to our emails for this week? Sure. Alrighty, we got two emails, but Alex, before we get into them, if you wanted to mm-hmm. contact us, how would you go about doing that? Oh, it's uh, very simple. You go ahead and pull up your uh, new email uh, window from your email client from the provider of your choice. You would go ahead and in the to address box, you would put wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. What's that email again, Henry? Oh, wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. I thought I'd get you on that one. Well played. <laughs> I was prepared to go either way with us. So yes, wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Spell as it sounds down the show notes, etc. etc. We got two emails this week. We're going to start off with What Wins. This comes in from Brendan. Dear Wicked Awesome Cast, many video games break characters down to essentially dexterity versus strength versus wisdom. In a fight between the three demigods that embody one of these traits, what would win? To clarify, wisdom does not mean you cast magic, nor does dex grant you insane super speed. Then what would they do? I'm guessing it's like okay so like maybe wisdom means you know like martial arts or something dex means you're like just maybe you know parkour at that point i don't know maybe wisdom is so wise that it chooses not to fight maybe i so i feel like i've <laughs> i feel like i've seen the, the real the real lesson was the french made along the way maybe yeah like so i've seen kind of this play out where i think it was a bunch of years back they had it was like one of the heavyweight UFC guys fight like one of the lowest weight UFC guys, and you got a sense of just how different the two uh, fighting styles at that point were because the little guy was capable of just wailing on the big guy, and he didn't have the weight to put any of the punches through as like a meaningful hit. So it was kind of bizarre to watch. Like it literally was like watching a kid fight a bear. <laughs> like the kid was obviously going at it and putting in the punches, but. The bear was like, "What is what is tickling my back?" And I think like the, the fight literally ended with like the guy just got him in a lock and like lifted him off the ground and threw him, and that was that. It was like, "Oh shit!" That human just threw another human like it was nothing. So the email was just just those three attributes, right? Just yes. Not not like all six like the special system. Or no, no, I don't. That's a whole separate email. I'm willing to bet. Like whatever can cast atomic fireball, that's what wins. <laughs> but dexterity, like I don't know. I, I I'm going. I'm go. I would say wisdom, because I think uh, wisdom would be able to talk its way out of the fight. Yeah. <laughs> so it wins by not fighting at all. Yeah, I, it's weird because it's one of those ones where it's the I don't like the get real simplistic. I don't know how dexterity kind of kill confirms in this fight where it's like. You're fast, but if you don't have any power behind it, it doesn't matter. And if you're not smart enough to understand that, you're just kind of like wear yourself out over time. Like, part of me thinks strength wins eventually. Like, if it's the one of you, like, only one of you gets to leave the pit and that you have to die, I think that's the obvious answer. But, like, wisdom's like, wisdom's definitely kind of there a long, longer than Dex is. Well, it's kind of like a, a, it's like a Flash versus Superman versus Batman. Given time, Batman can defeat a lot of people, but if it's just off off the bat, Batman is just yeah. get annihilated by by the Flash and 
and Superman. Well, if they're just if they're just standing there facing each other. Batman's going to be the first to fall. Does do they have prep time? Yeah, you and your goddamn prep time. See if wisdom because... has prep time, then that's that's the Batman of the three. And given time, wisdom can make lots of plans. Batman can beat everyone in the Justice League. Given so... time to prepare. Yeah. But if he's just sitting in the room with them and Superman turns over and just fries him with his laser eyes, <laughs> his heat vision, then yeah, Batman loses in that sort of a battle. He Batman's not able to keep up with him because of this sort of straight up thing. So I think, yeah, I think it goes to if they have time to prepare. Yeah. I think Wisdom might be able to win if it's able to prepare enough. Uh, but in an outright battle, I have to go with Strike. Superman wins. I just love the mental image of that fight and like Batman's like, if I had time to just murdered right off the bat, it's like, I can do this if I did. Yeah, it's just, just, mur- just yep. he's just dead. <laughs> it it just it maybe Flash got him first, maybe Superman did. Yeah, it but one of them would. Yeah. It, well so that's the thing. I don't think Flash can kill anyone in that fight at the end of the day. Like it's the I, I know it's unfair, but any guy whose super weakness is tripping by accident. Yeah. Yeah, he goes flying into a wall and he just becomes paste. Yeah, I, it's. Uh, uh, I know I'm simplifying it some. No, there there are some interesting developments recently with uh, Flash, in particular. So, oh, you're talking about I, the TV series, then? No. Well, that's what are I'm you, saying. Though, are like, you? Are you? I was saying, are you? Or are you talking about the comic books? I'm talking about like there's a comic storyline. Okay. You're talking about Flash Force. You're just talking about speed at that point, because like. That weird throw in lightning because you tapped into the slipstream thing is cool, but that's not Dex. That's something else altogether. Well, yeah. actually, it would go back to strength because technically, yeah, he can he can tap into the the speed force, and I guess there's a strength force now in that slipstream, so oh. he can tap into that now. A strength force? Yeah, okay, I well, heard that's, something about that recently. Comics are that's dumb. just kind of op. All right, so, <laughs> all right, so just make him into Superman. Okay. That's 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 less interesting. Yeah, but yeah, I I think yeah, if given time to prepare, wisdom, uh, just standing in front of each other, strength. Uh, I would say speed, just because like or dexterity. You can't you can't beat something you can't hit. Okay, let, let, yeah. let me let me put this down to maybe. Terms I guess you'll it's understand. a draw. Then it would be if well if it goes to that, then it's just a draw. If if speed's just literally running away constantly so that strength can't catch him. Then yeah. it's, it just kind of becomes a draw. Okay, so let, let me let me throw this one in there. How will this Pikachu do in the brawl tournament, Alex? In the brawl tournament, or whatever, whatever the. I remember watching throw Pikachu, Pikachu in with these three. I, I mean, more it's like in the like Pikachu and at least in Smash, I understand is the kind of pure speed character. At least okay. in the modern one, lacks any kind of kill confirm tech. Where it's like, yeah, you can get in there and get out really quickly, but the ability to actually end a end a match is very complicated. Well, Fox is technically a speed character, but he's he's the character for Brawl. Yeah, because yeah. Brawl is bad. Yeah. Yeah, what's his name? Fox is all about speed, and he's without a doubt the top-tier character. Of that Maybe game. I meant to say Modern Smash as opposed to Ancient Smash. Yeah. <laughs> the times of old. Yeah, I... I don't think we have a consensus on this one for you, Brendan. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Brendan. Uh, lightning from heaven. That's what wins the fight, because we get bored of watching. <laughs> oh, the, the, or Shazam. 
Yeah, she, no, you're right. Shazam. Shazam fucking takes it. Because Shazam is the best! And has all those powers anyway. Yep. Including the wisdom of Solomon. What about Lobos? And Lobo hard? Lobo's the, the crazy, gritty-looking ass. Yeah, Lobo. Yeah, Lobo. Yeah. You mean DC's Wolverine? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Yo, what is it? It's DC's Wolverine. No, it's more complicated than that. No, it's not. No, it's DC's Wolverine. Yeah. We gave him a motorcycle and regenerating factors. Yep. Yeah. Next email. Dear Rick and Awesome Cast, I recently started play- playing Red Dead Redemption 2 and found that every once in a while when I was ca- when I was crossing a large open area, some combination of the music, tone, and visuals would make me feel sad and randomly. Sorry, sorry make me feel sad randomly. And the missions were and the mission where you meet um Arthur's ex actually made me cry a little bit as the train pulled away. I have never had this happen before and found myself wondering if if a game has ever affected either of you in this way. There's now three of us, so yeah. Michael from WY's Wyoming, right? Uh, One more time, just so I make sure I... Michael from WY. Is that Wyoming? Yeah, I think it's Wyoming. Hopefully it's Wyoming. So what was the... I I didn't catch the question. Uh, Basically, it's... um, Have you ever had an emotional reaction to a video game? Oh, um, I guess he's going with kind of a sad one. I know the exact mission he's talking about. There's a mission early on where you meet Arthur Morgan's kind of like I'm not sure if it was ex-wife or like someone he was engaged to. It's 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 a beautifully done mission that kind of helps flesh out the character, and it's sad. It's it's definitely up there. Um, I. If we're being... Well, I mean, I'll, th- I'll throw out the easy one. I mean, since we kind of mentioned Final Fantasy VII earlier. So, yeah, that one. <laughs> you were an Aerith Cryer? Aerith Cryer? Yeah, yeah. That was pretty sad. Yeah. That's definitely the and, classic and one. And I was, al- I was also possibly crying because I had put so much time into leveling her. <laughs> so, so that, there's a little bit of that there, too. Yeah... Is there I'd a... say that there's some sad parts, or at least some feels parts in Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Yeah, that's definitely that's got some moments. Hmm. So, okay. Um, does it have to be specifically in the realm of the game, or something that happened to a game? I'll open it up to kind of anything at this point. I think if you got something good. Well, you know where I'm going to go with this. No, you don't get to go there. Fuck you. I was really no I, no I was really no, sad no it got kind of heartbroken. No. We are not going to mention Matrix Online. Online. <laughs> Fuck you! That game was garbage. Move on. No, it meant a lot to me. Okay, it's sentimental value. Fuck you. Okay. Oh, I should have known. It's been so long since we talked about that. I should have known a <laughs> Matrix Online trap was coming. I knew it was out there. I thought, hey, maybe we're past this. But no. Thank you, writer, because you made me bring it back up. Fuck you. Um, I will say I was pretty heartbroken when that game got closed. I know I you were. It's documented on this podcast. <laughs> That's uh, why I asked. You it doesn't and, have to be in the realm of the game or You and the outside. Star Wars galaxy fuckers should all get together and write about how great your games were on some outdated format like a live journal or something so the rest of the internet can stop hearing about it. We have a Facebook group. <sighs> of, course, of course you do. 
But do you uh, have shard servers though? We don't have I, any servers. They're dead. See, see, I play Fantasy Star Online one. Oh. On shard servers. The nightmare oh. is real. Because, because people are people are running their own server with it, and even doing updates. Mm-hmm. And but there's but the Matrix Online people haven't managed to do that yet. They actually have. Uh, they're working on trying to build a lot of it back up from the ground up, because there's no real source code or anything we can use to kind of build off of. Uh, so, yeah, they're that... literally there's 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 like maybe three people who are full time working on it. Like, or they could like make going. a real video. You can game log in and walk around the, the map, place, but that's whatever. it. Waste your time doing what you want. Yeah, so that's my, I guess, related to a game. I would say actual I can't believe you got story. fucking Matrix Online back into this podcast. I love this person. Whoever, what was the name of this person again from Wyoming? Uh, Brenda. I want to uh, say. Sorry, Michael, my bad. Michael. Michael, I love you. Thank you for bringing me. Uh, um, I can't believe we had, we're here again. <laughs> God. But if, if I'm going to bring up, uh, uh, I would say a moment in a video game that really, really got to me um, would have to be the closing event for The Matrix Online. The devs had gotten together and they put together... <laughs> Sorry, oh, no. come on. Shut no, no, no. up! Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> okay, real, real one, real one. Um, I was heavily invested in Final Fantasy X. Okay. So, at the end sequence when you realize, and a spoiler if you haven't played the game, that uh, Titus was like a dream or dreamed up by... Or a ghost. All that stuff. Uh, yeah, and so that whole thing kind of happens. I did get a little teared up on that one, actually. That one actually got a god for me. Okay, More than well, I thought it was. For me, that made me cheer. Because it's, because fuck I Titus. Titus. Because, yeah, I, seriously. Fuck that dude. Ah, yeah. Ah, ah, ah. That's yeah. another great moment. Yeah, Titus's laugh is like the Matrix Online. Horrible and should be forgotten. Yeah, <laughs> ah, 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 ah. yeah it's just bad. Yeah, I don't know what yeah. it was about that game, but I really, uh, no, really it was, liked it. It was the fact that he kept yelling that it was his story, and every time he said that, it made me want to reach into the screen, slap him around, and tell him, no, 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 not your story. It is not your story. Shut up. It's almost <laughs> like Final Fantasy X is actually a bad game. I, I wouldn't say it's bad. I liked it. Okay, so Charlie hates the game, and he also really hates... Uh... What is the what is the freaking game? Blitzball. Like Blitzball, which is fucking great. I don't know how you can hate that, but okay. Easily, I can very easily hate Blitzball. But yeah. I just hate. I only hate it because Titus plays it. Titus does make it worse. You are correct. It yeah. That's that that that's my only real complaint with the game is just it had a main major character that I despise that I openly hated. It's the first time I can say that I've had that I've played like an RPG. Or there's just a character I was just like, just just die. Like of all just go. Yeah. Go, we'll be happier. Just go. Yeah. Uh, Titus. Yeah, it, it it gave me the feels. It it just gave me the I hate you feels. Mm-hmm. I don't have a good story of having the feels from a video game because I'm a cold dead individual, but uh kind of at, on the counter on the opposite end of that, right after I had my shoulder surgery and I could play video games again. I was playing fucking Detroit, which is not a good game and was not worth the emotional reaction. But because of all of the medication I was on for pain management to keep my shoulder from getting infected, 
a lot of weird emotional shit kept happening to me with that game that that game did not deserve. <laughs> so I'd be like, this scene is so moving and it's terrible. Why am I like this? <laughs> Damn you, painkillers. You're making me cry at a David Cage game. Uh He's so pretentious oh. about it, too, in his interviews. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, he really thinks he's done a work uh, of like, yeah. art that will last the ages. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, oh no. And we, we've talked about my feelings about David Cage on this podcast. I have nothing but contempt for that individual, which made the whole, like, situation just all the more surreal. Like, I... Reality was the two months after the whole motorcycle crash and the shoulder surgery, I was a bit on the weird side where it's like almost anything could get a weird reaction out of me. I just sat there angry with myself that a David Cage game of all things was like making me question things. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me? This is not the game to do this. <laughs> no, at the same time, like I haven't had quite as much of a reaction, but like there are some kind of moving moments in Red Dead. I, it's the... The whole Arthur's X thing is a, at times, like it's it's both a goofy quest line and it's, there is some real emotional resonance with it. Like it's, it's weird saying that about uh, a rock star game. Like hell, I, there are parts of Grand Theft Auto Five that are not meant to be emotional, but because that game came out kind of around the time I moved to L.A., I'm like, holy shit, I've been there. Which, definitely not the same thing you're talking about, but like I. I've had moments like that a bunch of games. Like, oh, that's a real thing, or I know that place, or holy hell, I get that. I've reference. had that in GTA Five. There's yeah. actually a neighborhood in GTA Five that's modeled after uh, a corner near my house. That's cool. Old... I didn't know that. Yeah, I actually, I'll send you the map. Huh? But like, I can't. I gotta, I gotta remember. I, I gotta find it on GTA Five. But like, yeah, there's an area that's exactly modeled the way um, it is at my old neighborhood. Yeah. One of my old neighborhood areas. Yeah. I Part of my issue with Fallout 4 was how badly it did Boston. I'm like, fuck this game's layout. This is a grid. There's no grid in Boston. <laughs> yeah, I... No, I, I'm sure there's something I'm forgetting. I, The one that stands out for me most is just me being mad at the David Cage game because of the drugs. <laughs> what is going on? Ah, thank you for writing in, Michael. That does it for... <coughs> Excuse me. That does it for emails this week. Um, again, if you want to write in, write in at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com down in the show notes. Uh, yeah, that does it for the podcast this week. Anything you two want to pimp before we get out of here? Uh, other than keep checking out my uh, stream stuff, I guess. Yeah. Mave online, all my social medias and fun stuff there. You can find me. Uh, happy to play with other people. People and I'm I'm also just kind of tired, so I'm running on end fuels right now. But um, yeah, uh, hit me up on social media. We can play some games together. We can bitch about Diablo together. It'll be fun. You got anything, Henry? Anything in the works you want to talk about, or where people can follow you at least? Yeah, I am Kraken Zero. That's Z E R Zero on IG and also on Facebook. And so that's the easiest way to catch me there. Um, that's where I kind of do all of my stuff like kind of outward <laughs> social media wise i'm also on twitch at nomad h-a-r and that's i very only occasionally stream but i'm more active on my social media cool 
Will you be back next week, or have we officially scared you off effectively enough? I I I think I'd be up for this again. <laughs> oh, we'll see. We'll make you regret Sucker. those words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick! We got it on a recording. He's coming back. He's contractually obligated. It's a legally binding podcast, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alex, I suspect Henry doesn't know how we end this. Do you want to take us out? Sure. Cue the metal.